0: Talk Radio Well there's a bridge And there's a river That I still must cross As I'm going On my journey Though I might be lost And there's a road No one told me just how to get there But when I get there I know Cause I'm taking it bit,
1: stone by stone, and brick by brick. Let's throw in there day by day. That's what the 2019 football season has been boiled down to for the Miami Hurricanes. The rebound began on Saturday against Duke Cookman, and will continue again this Saturday against Central Michigan. And then the real season resumes with home games against Virginia Tech and Virginia. Success didn't come all at once for the Hurricanes. The 0-2 start, it's not going anywhere. There's no do-overs. So all Manny Diaz and his staff could do is get back to work, and that's what they've done. Step by step, brick by brick, they're simply trying to get better. So as we begin a new edition of Cane Sport Live tonight, that is what is on the table. Did you like what you saw on Saturday? Did you see forward progress? What would you like to see on Saturday when the Hurricanes return to Hard Rock Stadium to play Central Michigan? Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of CaneSport.com. I welcome you once again to Cane Sport Live, presented again this year by Sicilian Oven Restaurants. With six locations throughout the South Florida area. At Sicilian Oven, you will not only love the taste, you will taste the love. As always, this is your show. It will be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We have over 100 open phone lines plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate if you're driving around in your car and you just want to listen should be enough lines there for you as well um we once again ask subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and the questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show we'll address them as usual during the course of the show some good ones again but um let's jump right to it here i mean the hurricanes won a football game saturday and you're going to have to excuse them if the post-game celebration seemed a little too joyous. These guys were really happy to get, just get the monkey off their back and, and get a victory and, and, and get this season moving in the right direction. It was a rough road for this team losing those two close games to start the year. But as the words of the song just suggested, and we thank Whitney Houston for that very appropriate song somehow we found that but it, it was very appropriate the words were very appropriate because for the hurricanes there are still bridges and rivers to cross and they can't do it all in one swoop okay it's going to be step by step bit by bit day by day so let's get to your calls and see what you have to say about that again the number 563 999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the 1 on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're starting out tonight in a familiar place in the 845. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
2: Gary, how you doing?
1: Greg, how you doing this week?
2: I'm doing well. Um, you were, I wasn't at the game. How many people you think were there this week?
1: Well, they announced fifty-something thousand. There were not fifty-something yeah, thousand, yeah, thousand
2: there, right.
1: but um, yeah, those are, I, I imagine those were tickets that were distributed or whatever. I mean, I would say there was probably about thirty-five thousand.
2: Really? Because it didn't look that crowded on television. Well, anyway, you, know, you
1: were probably if you're looking at a TV shot, you're looked. They're shooting from the um, south to the north, and the south is the home side, and the the home side was pretty full, and the upper deck on the south on the home side was relatively full. So that's where most of the fans were. You're looking at at the north side where there were a ton of no-shows, um, right. not a ton of Bethune-Cookman fans. and So that's, that's why it looked right. that way.
2: Okay, you can't go by this game all that much. But for me, the best part of the game was that kid Murphy scoring a touchdown. Oh, my God, what a godsend. Right, if they put effort in like that kid, we'd be a lot better off.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there, the, the, you, know, it's, it's, you know, the game is winding down, and it was, it was already, what, 56 to nothing or whatever. I'm thinking, my God, what the heck am I going to write about from this game? And then Jimmy right. Murphy happened, and it, I, I was so happy. It gave me something to talk about.
2: Right. Um, do you think we kept the starters in a little too long?
1: I I had that thought I did, <laughs> uh, I don't you know I don't know why, maybe they feel it's still early in the season and they they don't want to sacrifice conditioning and things like that, but to me the the plus minus of getting somebody hurt in a game like that is not real good and yeah I would have had him out at halftime.
2: All right, you notice my boy Paul played good this week, huh? yeah you know it was, it,
1: it, it was funny because I did a column on the website, I think it was on Thursday of last week and I talked about Mark Pope and mentioned that you know he has to be i know he's had you know he has problems with the playbook and things like that, and you know last year he had trouble trouble getting off the line of scrimmage you know because of strength issues and all that, but I said that there has to be more that they can get out of him than what they had been getting out of him. And it was it was nice to see that they actually game-planned to get him involved and that he delivered and played well, and hopefully his foot isn't uh, in too bad a shape and he can build on that pretty soon.
2: Did they give the report, is he going to play this week? Or not gonna uh,
1: don't, don't know yet. Uh, I mean, I personally would be surprised if we see him out there on Saturday. I mean, it it, it looked it, it didn't look great. I don't think it's anything that's going to keep him out for the season or anything. But obviously, but um, I'd be surprised if we see him on Saturday.
2: I would just wanted to say those two throws by Jaron Williams at the end of the half were really impressive.
1: Yes, to KJ Osborne.
2: And, right, he yep, still overthrows those deep passes, but. I think it'll come in time. The guys, I think he'll he'll get he more confidence in about those everything he's doing.
1: Yeah. I mean oh. you know, I, I, you gotta remember he's a young kid, he's playing he's played three games. He'll he'll get more confidence, he'll learn to release the ball a little earlier to lead the receivers better and things like that. I think that'll come.
2: I thought Sam Brooks looked pretty good when he played. Mm-hmm. Who
1: else, who else did you like?
2: I like Jeremiah Payton. It's nice to see Robert Burns is alive. He finally got in, huh?
1: He is alive. I don't, I don't know how much we're going to see him once Lingard is back. Which yeah, what's with
2: Lingard? Is he going to play this week?
1: I think he will. You know, he got banged up, he got banged up in practice last week. They kept him out as a precaution. precaution.
2: All right. So my final point about this recruiting philosophy with Manny. Now you're allowed to take visits. I don't. It's very ambiguous.
1: Yeah, he's kind of going. He's so, kind of going back and forth a little bit, isn't he?
2: <laughs> right. So if Francois says he wants to take a visit to Ohio State. Yeah. So yeah. It? Exactly.
1: So, so all right. So we're going to start looking around. We're going to go look at other other cornerbacks while you're looking around. But then what happens if you take a commitment from another quarterback, and then Francois, who's the guy you wanted all along, decides he wants back in? Then what do you do? I mean, it, you know, it's a catch-22. Right. Well,
2: anyway, all right, that's all I got. It, it'll be like always, it.
1: Greg. They just have they'll have to use their best judgment, case by case. <laughs> that's not going to change.
2: I well, mean, hopefully, it'll go it, better than usual.
1: Well, I mean, let's look at Donnell Harris as an example. Okay, he was committed to Miami for months and months and months. Then he decommits. They take um, a commitment now from Romelo Height, and now they're back fishing with Donnell Harris. So I, I you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean. I mean, I know Donnell went to LSU last week. He's supposed to go to Florida this week. I know he's still talking to Texas A&M. I don't know if Miami can make a recovery there, but I, I do know that Todd Stroud went to his high school game on Friday and is not giving up. So we'll see.
2: All right. I'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, Greg. Thanks, as always, for being part of the show. Bye. All right, 563-999-3633. For those that just joined us, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad. If you'd like to come on the show, that'll put you in the queue. We bring you on in the order that you land in the queue. Let's go out now to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, 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 what's going on? What's up, Mr. Ross? How you doing What's going suite? on, man?
3: Hey. I'm all right. Um, I want to jump into a few things. Anyway, why are we even still recruiting Daniel Harris? I mean, um, I thought that he's shit pretty I mean, I mean he's a pretty good player. I mean that's why. Yeah, but that, it, 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 we got a couple guys in his position already, don't we?
1: Yeah, but you know he could end up being pretty good in a year or two, and
3: you know,
0: yeah, you know, I mean, he, he's, got, a, he, he's a he's a pass
1: rusher like, from South Florida. I mean, you're just gonna let him go to Florida?
3: Without yeah, a fight. Him do anything. My thing is, I got the message from the daddy already. I mean, the interview that you did with him. I mean, I think he kind of like let the the staff already know how he feels about the team, and you know, I, he made sure he um he mentioned Texas A and M a thousand times in that interview, and he made sure he he um he let it know that we are not doing what we need to do. So why well, are we even going back around fishing with him? But I think right. they're
1: suppo- I think they're gonna have it at some point. In you know before the end of the month, I think there's going to be a sit- there's going to be a sit down meeting with the family and the, the the dad and Donnell and the coaches and they're going to hash everything out and see if there's any common ground. So we'll see what happens.
3: Okay. All right. So here we go. As long as, as long as it, we just don't allow him to play as, or and and, and, and listen, well, I got no problem with. Him.
1: I think it's beyond yeah. that, Ross. I mean they they're not being played. I mean the kid's not, not not committed right now. He's visiting all these other schools. It it's not like they're counting on having him. I mean so it's okay. beyond being played. That that ship's already sailed, you know.
3: Okay. Let me make a good some, some points and then I do a little bit of a criticism and then I get off. Um, good point. Jeremiah Payton. Great to see him on the on the field. Great to see Pope on the field. They're probably going to keep them out next week because um, this coming week because we have another week off of that. We have a really strict, a crazy schedule. We, we got time off. We're playing. We got time off. So I think they'll keep them off the field. I love the fact that they put everybody in. What I don't like, though, Gary, and I, I'm very curious to what you think about this, and I'm not trying to be a whiner about this, but this. if we're trying to make a statement, we're trying to score in the red zones, what are we doing playing around with our backup wide receiver at the quarterback position when we're trying to punch it in? I thought we were doing well, moving the ball, getting down to the goal line. Now it's time to punch it in, make a statement to everybody, media, fans, everyone. Why go to it? You're a talking about why
1: did, they, why did they put Tate Martell in the why? Wildcats?
3: Why are about? we forcing this kid in the game? What do we owe him? I don't know, Ross. In the first like, I,
1: I, didn't like it. I didn't like it in the Florida game. Uh, I thought it was a great thing that they abandoned it. For the North Carolina game, and they rolled it out there for a play or two. I got what was it was like? I think one play, really, on Saturday. Um, Maybe they're trying to keep them happy.
4: Two plays.
1: Yeah, two plays. Yeah. So I mean, maybe they're trying to keep them happy for whatever reason they have. You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe if they, you know, maybe they feel bad for him. The kid transferred here. Put. All his. So we don't eggs feel bad it. for
3: nobody else that's been with us. Well, I I agree, Ross.
1: Ross, I think I think like that too. I agree. Once you're here, everyone's equal, and, and yeah, I mean, I was the thing i one of the things I was most impressed with was the fact that they had not promised him that he would have the starting job, because I I mean, from the day one of spring practice, I saw without question that he was at best the third best guy out there. And, yeah, and he, even if
3: that, parents he's not going parents, they're not going to give us any more money than anybody else won't. But I don't want to press on that. I just want to make that very clear how I feel about it. And I'm curious about what the rest of the guys. I'm really curious about how Mr. Everything thinks about it too. And all the rest of the guys, why are we forcing that young man? But anyway, listen, cornerback positions coming up. Um, I think that's one of the positions along with linebackers that we really got to start concentrating on And this is where the money is going to be made by the staff. Um, I think the thing, the thing that we're about to play, I mean, a lot of teams have, to, have to shut them out or kept them to a low number of scores. I don't want, I don't want them to score 14 points. It's up to us not even let them get close to 14 or 17 points. If we give up more than that, to me, it's 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 not good. You talking about Central good. Michigan this weekend? Yes, there's no way they should score. I
1: mean, I think they lost to Wisconsin 60 to three and had three first downs That's what in the I'm game. Saying and, I so, think the challenge and, and they, they have an offensive, them. they have a good offensive coach as their head coach. So that kind of tells you where where their talent level lies. And um, I'd be surprised if this wasn't, you know, I, don't, I I don't know that Miami's as good as Wisconsin. I think it was kind of proven in the bowl game that they're not. <laughs> but I'd be surprised if it's not obviously a, at least a thirty point game.
0: Okay.
3: Also. Listen, Gary. Okay, I'm gonna get off of here, but um, uh, just want to know what your thought process is on. Pittsburgh. I'm, not, I'm not jumping ahead. I'm just trying to set the whole scene. I expect us to play really well against Virginia Tech. I expect we should owe Virginia one. We really should. We we should be waiting for them. We should be waiting to kill them because we should. They we owe them one. But I think the tricky game is Pittsburgh. I it will be. It might be a night game. That's gonna be. It'll that be might tricky. Be a that might be a misty game. I'm not talking about snow, but it might be a little misty because of the, the dew and that type of the year it might be some dew on the, on the field. And we got to be able to get past those types of games and going into what we need to do. And Louisville looked decent, too. But anyway, man, listen, we need to stop with. we should be able to win the rest of our games on our schedule. We should be favorite. That's out the window with me, the way I've been seeing what's been going on on defense. And t- talk talk about this, Gary, and I'm going Talk about how do you feel about what's going on with our defensive coordinator. I'm not a very confident guy right now on his game. And you can't tell me that on that Carolina game, when that timeout was called, and they went to timeout, TV timeout, you can't tell me, man, he signed off on that fourth and 17. There's no way to believe that he signed off on that.
0: There's no I mean, way. what I'm
3: was – glad that Carolina got, what, got, what, got what, tripped up.
1: What would he have had to sign off on? First of all, this is Manny well, Diaz's defense. Make no mistake. This is not Blake Baker's defense. This is Manny Diaz's defense. Blake Baker was hired because he's a Manny disciple and he knows the defense inside and out. And Manny wanted to bring somebody in to call the defense. He didn't want to do it himself. Okay? But well, make no mistake.
3: Maybe he should right next to him. Maybe he should, maybe, maybe he should keep Well, him it right doesn't right matter whether him. they're
1: next to each other or not, Ross. They're on the headset with each other. I mean, it's like me talking to you right now. Like I, do I need to be standing next to you? No. We're talking, right? So,
3: okay. uh,
1: yeah, I mean it's Manny's defense. It's it's not Blake's defense and
3: so he signed uh, up on that zone. So he signed up on that well, zone.
1: I mean, I mean I think Gervin Hall was supposed to cover it a little bit better and be closer to the receiver, don't you?
0: Yeah. I'll I mean, I don't bad. think I'll they're I'll
1: in, I don't think the intention was to let that guy catch the ball.
3: I'm trying to just talk to you about it and try to see what you're well, talking about. You, you so notice you think... you who
1: was not in the starting lineup the, the other night? Okay. Did you notice that?
3: Who are we talking about? Gervin Hall. They
1: started Robert okay. Knowles.
3: Do you think they're so, going to start taking quarter off well, the well, field in third the, and six? Take who off the field? Quarterman. Anything more than third and five, I think he may be, need to be off the field. He, he's a terrible cover you, now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure, you know, what their options are. Really, they don't have a, a linebacker that's a good cover guy. <laughs> I mean,
3: they they really well, don't. Either way, I mean, I'm just tired of watching him doing it because yeah, you know, I know, I understand, I
1: understand, but they they don't have anybody that's a linebacker that's better. Number one, number two, if he's going to go play in the National Football League like he wants to, he's got to prove that he can cover.
3: But Gary, we we'll, we we'll lose. We might end up losing. Not looking good doing it, and we might help him wouldn't be hurt him if we do that. There's now do you think the offensive coordinator needs to go upstairs now? Do you think it's in this biggest time for them no. to push him upstairs? You can see no, you can see the feel a little bit better. No, I just think coming into these no. games moving forward, I think that I think the quarterback has settled down now. I think everything I think you just do a better job of adjustment from being upstairs. I just think you he's do a better got, job of
1: adjusting He's got a couple coaches upstairs. He's got uh, Jesse Stone upstairs who's like his right hand guy. Uh, he's got Steve Field, the tight end coach up there. And yeah, I don't see that as being a, a any kind of issue into, at all.
3: Um, has college football gotten to um, tablets on the field? Have we gotten to that? I haven't seen. I know it's in the field, but are I, they, think, are they I don't know. To
1: I'm not. You know, I'm. I'm not sure what
3: how they I get the high the
1: images. I it in high school games.
3: I it in yeah, high school
1: games. It, well, it, it it probably is coming in on
3: tablets. Yeah. Okay, because then I don't have a problem being downstairs compared to being upstairs. You know, I've so never paid attention that? to that, Ross.
1: To be honest with you, I'm like, yeah, I, I'll have to look, pay, you know, try to pay attention to that and see what's up.
3: Who's your guest I'm tonight?
1: I'm always, I'm always watching so many other stuff, huh?
3: Who's your guest tonight?
1: Oh, I don't want to say until he shows up.
0: <laughs> because <All> right,
1: <laughs> he's out playing, he's out playing tennis right now. So I'm, I'm hoping he should, you know, he's supposed to, he's supposed to come on with us in a, in about an hour or so. But
3: uh, and I'm gonna cheat a little bit here. I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna jump in on another one of your questions because you take questions. Talk to me. I'm getting hanging up right now. Talk to me about what do you need to see us. As- do in this upcoming game, defensively and offensively that you would like for us to see that we haven't been doing, and that you need to see specifically because if you and you haven't seen us do it, you think we need to master it coming this weekend. Gary, appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you later. All
1: right, Ross, get me off I mean, what do I, what 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 do I want to see this weekend? Um, I I mean, domination. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd like to see the offense get off to a better start early obviously they didn't do that against Bethune-Cookman that was a little bit of a surprise uh and they didn't do that they're they're not starting well i mean if you want to look for a trend uh obviously didn't start very well in the North Carolina game either and uh so yeah so let's let's throw that out there let's say we want the offense to get off to a good start um i'd like to see them continue which they have been doing since the first week, getting more of the receivers involved in the game. You saw D. Wiggins make a big play the other day, and obviously um, Osborne and Harley are doing fine. We saw Pope get involved. We've seen Hightower get involved a little bit. You know, I think that's really important to get all those guys engaged. I think um, a continuation of what's going on at tight end, uh, great job by Coach Field getting uh, Larry Hodges involved early in his career. And contributing a lot, which is very impressive. Um, I like that, obviously. Um, would like to see Will Mallory get going a little bit offensively. Um, you know, he had the touchdown catch against Carolina. You know, he's had a couple drops, and, you know, I think he can do more. So it would be nice to see that. It would be nice to see Jaron hit a couple deep balls and keep working on his timing on the, on the deep routes. Defensively, do a better job of getting after the quarterback. I think uh, this team's going to throw the ball a little bit better and more potentially than what Bethune-Cookman was able to do. Um, let's get the pass rush going. It has not been up to snuff so far this season. Not sure why. Um, I think Garvin's playing well, but I also think that Garvin is being game-planned for now. You know, Last year, you had Joe Jackson out there, Gerald Willis. Um, And I think he only had five sacks on the season last year, even with that. So um, we're expecting Garvin to, I'm not going to use the elite word because I'm not sure he's elite, but we're expecting him to be a really good pass rusher this year and improve on that five sack total. So uh, I think this would be a good game to get him going. Uh, They've been using him in a lot of different ways, and I'm not sure if it's affected him at all in terms of his productivity. So I think that would be a nice thing to see. I want to see them get Zach McLeod in the game more. Um, poor guy. It's a senior year. He's only played 20 snaps because of the style of offense that the teams they're playing have been running. Um, so I think, you know, I think it would be great to, to see him get going a little bit in the game. Uh, keep developing the, the corners. You're going to need them down the road to, to be playing at a, at, at, at a reasonably high level. Keep developing those guys. And find some more consistency with the safeties. And uh, Bubba Bolden's going to be back. This will be the last game without Bubba Bolden. And that's going to amp up the competition at the safety position. And uh, that's going to be interesting to watch as we move forward in the season. So those would be my thoughts, Ross. Um, you know, That's what I'm looking for. And we will see what happens. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633, hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Might as well throw one more in there, too. How about Bubba Baxa making his kicks? That would be a great thing to see before we get back into the ACC schedule. All right, let's go out to the 786. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight?
5: How are you, my friend?
1: Hey, what's up, everything? How are you, man?
5: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Talk to us. What Fantastic, you got this week? Brother. Fantastic. Well, first of all, just want to congratulate on the airwaves here, Mr. Manny Diaz, on his first win as a head coach. I'm uh, sure he Mandy, appreciates that. So, many don't appreciate how hard it is to win a game, Gary. Many don't know what it's like to be a head coach, to be an assistant coach. And with all the pressure and all the things that come with it, all the glamour, it's a very difficult job. So much so that it impacts your family, it impacts your way of life. And this guy is doing a good job of trying to trying to balance everything out in this transition into being the head coach. Um, the mm-hmm. first two callers had some major great points. I mean, just solid points in regards to the, to the, the defensive, defensive coordinator, in regards to recruiting, all the big issues that are impacting us. But we can't lose focus, and I emphasized this last week. We have six weeks to get better, six weeks for coaches to get coaching them, their butts off better, top to bottom. Everybody's got to get better. And last week, even though it was a rocky start with that first possession, as the game went on, kids got better. Uh, yeah, the competition, is a it's not the measuring stick you want to go against. But when you're, when, when you're a new head coach and you've got an entirely almost new staff, just about, it's a transition for these kids too. And practice throughout the summer and spring, that doesn't exactly create chemistry. It gets you going and headed in the right direction. But it isn't until the bullets start flying that you guys come together. And that, that was my point last week. And I, I'm starting to see them take that first step. Um, one thing In talking about balancing life and, and your family and coaching Many people on here have yet to Even take into consideration What, what Blake Baker what Coach Baker is going through he Just became a father once again Gary, we've all, most of us have been there We know what, how it impacts us And we all think that these coaches they are, They're superhuman And they, all they do is they go in there and they do their job They will look at film for 20 hours They sleep for two and they go back to work Some do that, but young ones can't do that because it's a different era of football. It's a different era of coaching. The requirements are different. So with all these things that come in mind, there's no question that it's going to impact the quality of your instruction, the quality of your game prep, the quality of the schemes you're coming up. It's going to impact because life is always going to impact you. And for us to give a blind eye to that, I think it's just, it's ridiculous. I'm not happy with a lot of the things he's done. Neither are you. Neither is Manny. I'm sure. There's a lot of things they wish they could take back, but those things are over with. You got to go forward now. Um, I mentioned to you way in the spring. I thought at best 75, 84. and that was without these things that we're talking about now. So
1: you you did say that
5: going forward.
1: I'll give you credit for that. You did, but, but we only have two losses at this point, so we'll see.
5: Well, you, you know what, Gary, and I hope we just get on a great run right now. And, and it, can it happen? Yes, it can. But look at all the things that you just brought up uh, with Ross. That's major. some major takes here. You're looking at a kicker that still can't make kicks, okay? You're looking at an identity in this linebacker group that, you know what, for three years, we've been convincing ourselves they're elite, and they're not elite. They're good football players. They're good. Chad Corbin is not a day one draft choice. He's not probably a day two draft choice.
1: No, they're He's probably, probably day, day three. three. Draft choice. Yeah. You
5: know. And, I, and, never, and I, you I never. I you never heard
1: me say they were elite.
5: I know, but this is this is the sentiment that, as blind ass fans, we turn that switch on, and we're we're back to where we were. And you've got to see what you have. What you have is a nice group of guys that work their butts off
1: yeah but you wouldn't you you, you you wouldn't not not want them on your team to have guys that can start for four years like that, I mean, you know, but to me, the issue for me is that in the four years since they came into the program and they were al golden mark Danafrio recruits it, 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 a better linebacker not not even not a single one not even a, a serviceable linebacker, and we got to put an asterisk next to that because Steed and Wilder both got hurt, but I'm not sure either one of them would have been that dude anyway. No better one has been has been recruited.
5: No better one has been recruited, and some that were actually recruited, uh, but those three guys were there. I'm not going there. Oh, There's too much competition there. So when you look at what we have, We don't have a true identity yet on defense. And yet, we've been able to have some very, very good quarters and apps. We have. But there's a long way to go still. So this Saturday, I I think it's a fantastic opportunity because you're going to play a team. I watched their game against Albany. They're going to throw the ball around. They're going to go ahead and try to match up and and, and exploit matchups. And it's the same thing that – North Carolina did a great job of that Florida did a great job of make the plays in space and we struggle there you mentioned uh, I think Ross mentioned you know fourth and 17 uh, you know or maybe it was Greg about Gervin Hall let me tell you something when Robert knows and I love the kid because he gives you everything he's given this program everything that God has blessed him with it's not a lot to offer unfortunately in terms of impactful talent especially at the next level but you've gotten all you can get out of that kid and that kid is starting what does that tell you about the other two kids a they're not they're not processing things after two years or three years in one case the way they need to be b they simply don't have the maturity to take a bad play and continue playing they they have a long memory they they don't have a short memory so they're not mentally mature enough yet, but this kid is. And that's why that kid's going to probably start again this Saturday. But guess what? Physically, he can't do some of the things these two kids can do. No. So eventually you're going to have to make a decision, Gary, as a coordinator, as a staff.
1: Well, I think it's up player. to the kids. they got to perform. I mean, Gervin Hall was not very good at Carolina.
5: No, and, and, and to be honest, he wasn't that good against Florida either.
0: No, and, and, I mean, no, I mean,
5: and Bubba. And Bubba Bolden, I believe, you know, he's been at practice. He's been there. But you don't know what you got until bullets fly. Yep. So, again, this defense, and it, it's this is weird to say. I don't think too many of us forecasted this. This defense is going to end up being the Achilles heel of this, of this team. The offense is going to continue to grow. And some people say, well, how can you say that with such a horrible offensive line? If you're getting the ball out of your hands quicker Everybody looks better. If you take those long seven-step drops, which I think we did four last week, by the way, two were really big plays, if, if you're able to scheme towards your strengths and away from your weaknesses, our, our offense will put up 24 points a game. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying that throughout the rest of the season. They should be able to put up 24 points a game. They really mm-hmm. should. But what's your Achilles heel going to be? You know, how much are you going to give up? Because I'll tell you something. The guy in Louisville who's, who's a solid coach, that's not a win. That's not no. There are no easy wins on our schedule, Gary. Said that last spring as well. But it's weird because now I'm seeing more positive, more growth on our offensive side of the ball than I am on the defense side of the ball. When you can't have 20 tackles for loss against Bethune-Cookman,
0: mm-hmm.
5: you got a problem. And you can't hide from it, Gary. Well, you really I mean, can't. you're
1: you're you're average at defensive tackle, let's be honest. That's you perfect. know, yeah. I mean, Ford and Bethel are are average players. They're not great players. Uh you know, I mean, Patchen is an overachiever kind of guy. Just uh, just out-efforts everybody. Um but Absolutely. play is playing very well. He's playing very well against the He's the great, competition.
5: Well, well, Gary.
1: Yeah. Um you know, Garvin, I think, is a, is is having to adjust to being game-planned for a little bit. You know, he's never had to do that before. You fi- his, his productivity figured to decline a little. And then, if you listen to the people in the outside world, like pro football focus evaluators, they would tell you that the linebackers have not played so great this year so far. Yeah, was- so... <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, you put all that together, and it's not a surprise that your perceptions, and I'm sure a lot of other people's perceptions, are that the offense is making forward progress quicker than the defense right now.
5: Well, and your defense is regressing because, and I've said this for years on here, your front seven can mask a bunch of things on the back end,
2: but your front four
5: can make everybody look tons at a different level than they really are. You can mask so much with that. There's no Willis. There's no McIntosh anymore. There's no, there's, there's no JJ anymore. You know, and, and even those guys, look, those guys not even in the NFL right now, even those guys, we're not elite level kids. So mm-hmm. product of the scheme, yeah, but you've you got to look at guys that you have that are the young ones that are playmakers, they're going to have to start getting more ticks. The kid from Virginia Tech's got to get more tick. Well, he doesn't play the run well. Guess what? It's not about who does this and who does what. It's about getting your best athletes on the field and play, as Manny's always said, with relentless aggression and attacking people. Now, I know that he can – I know my boy Patrick can hold that edge a lot better than uh, this kid uh, Hill from – Trayvon Hill, I guess, from from Bar Tech. But, damn it, he can't get to the quarterback. You're, they're going to have to start breaking those reps out more. And I think, I think one of you, I think it was you yesterday at the press conference, you kind of mentioned that maybe it was Barry Jackson, but rousseau has got to play more because yet that kid is impactful. You can't teach mm-hmm. that kid coming off the ball. That's, that's an innate ability, an innate talent. And and I'm also hoping he though go. I, I know he's not ready to go. I'm yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they're
1: using him inside and patching outside on pass rushes situations. I I would have done the opposite.
5: Well, no question, here you would you would you put people in their best areas to make the impact that covers everybody else on the backside. And I think I, they're I figuring understand. with
1: his length, he'll knock a bunch of balls down.
5: No question, but. but. You know, if you if you put him over the nose in a in a third and long or a fourth and long, then you're better off also sending somebody up the up, up the a gap, right? Because now you got a long guy quick, and then you got another guy coming coming on the side. Basic things conceptually that haven't occurred. Now I did see a little bit more of that this weekend from Blake, uh, from Baker. Rather, I did see some more uh, some more a blitz, and that was helpful. But we had to bring. Seven at times against Bethune Cookman, Carrie, That ain't a good sign, brother. That's mm-hmm. not a good sign. But uh, last thing recruiting wise, if I can, because I know you got a ton of people here on on, on the line. Um, I, I I I saw something about. I believe it's the kid from Nevada, the tight end, and it's pretty much up, up down to us in Georgia. Correct.
1: Uh, Clemson might be in there also. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not really sure, but I I wouldn't hold my breath on that.
5: I wouldn't either. But but here's the thing I'm going to tell you.
1: He's probably the going to end up at always, Georgia.
5: The things that always I bring up. You know, he's recruiting, up him, for Georgia,
1: right? you know recruiting yes, him for
5: Georgia, right? You know, he's recruiting him for Georgia, right? And that and that's about what I'm about I'm about to tell you. When Manny went and made the decisions he made you got to look at guys who bring in players, guys who can bring the studs in. And everybody talked, boy, he he screwed up on the Lakeland kids. Let me tell you, that's part of the business. But that guy, that guy's a savage recruiting. I'm not taking anything away from Coach Fields. I like Fields.
1: No, Coach Fields is too.
5: Yeah. I
1: would would have had both of them on the staff,
5: personally. Exactly. I'll take both of them. I'll take both of them. And if I got to get my offense coordinator to coach a QB and running backs, well, shit, you're going to coach both. You got to do what you got to do to get the most guys on campus, and that's that's the difference between Mario and Manny. Mario has loaded up his deck with as many guys and as many players. Plus, he's a he's a he's a freaking beast himself, recruiting wise. I'm not saying that we should have hired him over Manny, though. That's how I really feel. But my point is you got to be able to keep young savages. Why? Because kids will follow those guys. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I honestly think we use the tight end a, a million times better than Georgia does or Clemson does. But guess what? You know, we're 8-4 or 7-5. Yeah. Where, where am I going?
1: All right, everything. Let's uh, table this till next Very week, man. Well. Th- thank you, as hey, always, okay, for being part of the show. A lot, a lot okay. of good thoughts.
5: My pleasure.
1: Yep. Have a good night, man. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633, hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Guys, I'm going to take a moment here to talk about one of my favorite restaurants in South Florida. It's a place I find time to visit in every corner of town where they have locations. There's six of them throughout South Florida. You know the name by now, and that is Sicilian Oven. One of the best and rapidly expanding dining concepts in all of South Florida. Had pizza tonight. Guess where I got it? Picked picked it up this afternoon at Sicilian Oven. If I'm going to eat pizza, I don't care about the hundreds of places all over town where you can get pies. To me, there's only one place, and that's Sicilian Oven with those six locations throughout South Florida. The closest one to me is the one in Plantation. Go in there for lunch. They have some great lunch specials that I love. The food's always good. I always get takeout from my wife who loves it as well. Um, it's a great place to go if you're trying to you know, make your life easier on tailgate Saturday like this weekend on your way to Hard Rock Stadium. It um, would be a great idea to go to Sicilian Oven and load up on some food and bring it over to the stadium and enjoy it at, at your t- tailgate. At Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining with a philosophy based on the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu. And so many of you guys have, you know, through their affiliation with us, tried them out. I would say a couple days, don't go by that. I don't get an email. Hey, uh, had a chance to try out Sicilian Oven. What you've been saying is so right. Their food is great. Um, Guys, I run into at the stadium. Hey, I went to Sicilian Oven the other day. So it's catching on really, really well. And people are seeing how good the food really is. And uh, many of their recipes have been handed down from generations through the DeSalvo and Garavuso families. It begins with those classic pizzas that I talked about with traditional toppings. And it expands to gourmet and select pizza combinations that are far removed from what you're going to find at your nearest Papa John's or Domino's or Pizza Hut. Just saying. I mean, it's not even a comparison. Some people don't want to eat pizza. They love wings. Well, Sicilian Oven's wood-fired wings are marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices and served with caramelized onions. And if you've never had wood-fired chicken wings with caramelized onions, uh, treat yourself. It's, it's a special combination. Sicilian Oven also offers a wide array, array of specialty dishes. From eggplant dishes like carbonato and parmigiana to mussels mario, you like shrimp? They have these great fire-roasted shrimp, Palermo. I eat those sometimes when I'm in the restaurant. I don't don't always get them to to go. I'm not a big shrimp to go guy. But in the restaurant, those fire-roasted shrimp they make are something special as well. They have soups, sandwiches, salads, pasta dishes. No matter your taste, you will find something great at Sicilian Oven with those six locations throughout south florida so saturday on your way to hard rock you got the plantation location i talked about which is on the fountains complex off university drive or if you're coming from the east you can go to the aventura location at 205th and biscayne coming from the north you got locations in lighthouse point coral springs on sample road and 101st there's a boca raton location And then there's the the location at Oakland Park Boulevard, just west of Bayview in Fort Lauderdale. And if it's a road game, that's a great one to go to because they have a full liquor bar as well. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian Oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find the nearest location to you. It's Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You will not only love the taste. Say it with me. You will taste the love. All right, let's get back to your calls. 563 999 3633. 563 999 3633. Three. Hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Let's go now out to the 941. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening?
6: Hey, Gary. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Who's this?
6: Uh, this is Mike Sturtane. Hey, what's up, Mike what? I got Talk. something
0: to tell you. Are you Uh-oh. ready?
1: What? Did your wife have a baby? Nope.
6: <laughs> that was eleven did, years ago. <laughs>
1: did you go, Did you go to Sicilian Oven this week?
7: Yay! You got it. Yes. I, I knew it. I, went to, I went So to tell Sicilian it. Wait, so what do you
1: think?
6: Oh, the, I went to the plantation. Well, let me tell you. I went to the plantation location after the game, and we had pizza. And I'm going to tell you, Gary, it was the best I had in my life. And I want to thank you so much for referring us to that to that restaurant. Now I'm hooked. <laughs> so guess what I, I'm I gonna would, do? I uh,
0: wouldn't
1: listen. It, like <laughs> I don't let products come on this show if they're not great. I mean, I test them oh, all yeah. out myself. I mean, we've had some good ones through the years. You know, Harry's razors were pretty good. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones we've had that 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 people love but um no I mean yeah there's you know, the my bookie website which some you know people liked and and some other sponsors we've had through the years I always test them out myself I don't let them come on the show unless unless I I know they're great so I'm I'm glad you got there and Ralph well, yeah. and his whole crew really know how to run great restaurants and you're right the food is phenomenal Oh, well, the
6: food is phenomenal not only that the cost is uh it's manageable. It's reasonable, and the staff is great. I'll tell you, we love the staff. I mean, they were they were just fantastic. So not only that, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna go again after the uh, Central Michigan game this Saturday, and we're gonna try out their lasagna. Oh, good. So that's what we're gonna do. That's number one. I wanted to talk to you about um, number two. Re- I remember you were saying uh, what you would like to see against Central Michigan. Here's some things I'd like to
0: see.
6: I'd like to see more sacks. I'd like to see turnovers. A bigger push from the offensive line. And more fans. Come on out, guys. Come on out. You know There were some people there, but let's get a bigger attendance uh, at Hard Rock. That's what I'd like to see, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I don't think it was reality last week. I mean, you're coming off two losses. You're playing... Bethune Cookman at home. Uh, you know, I, I, I had some, I had some extra tickets. I couldn't give them away. <laughs> oh really? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's hard to talk people into going to that game. I think this weekend maybe should be a little bit better. You know, it's a little bit of a, a little more respectable opponent. But you're, you know, you're looking at probably the ACC games before the crowds get back into the forty, fifty thousand plus range.
6: Right. Well, we're going to all of the home games, so we'll be there. We'll be there. Oh yeah. And the last thing I wanted to touch upon, and uh, I think everybody is too, recruiting on the offensive line. What's what's the uh, what's what's going on with this? Um, I looked at the tackles, and I see Andrew uh, Gentry. Miami hasn't offered him. He's like a he's like the number one in the 2020 class. Do you know what's up with that? by any chance
1: I just that he's not in the picture
6: he's not in the picture what not about right now, uh, no. here, here's, a, here's another one what about Aaron Parks um, he's rated 6.0 on rivals and he has no offer either you know what's up with that by any chance or?
1: well I mean it doesn't necessarily mean that, that he wasn't offered or wasn't spoken to he just might not have interest oh okay and how
6: about uh, Marcus Dumroll from St. Thomas Aquinas? Got a They're trying to grade. get him.
1: They're They're trying to get him interested, but I've never felt like he was interested. Oh, really? They're just, they're, they're really struggling at that school right now. There's just not a very uplifted feeling cool. about Miami at St. Thomas Aquinas, and I don't quite understand why totally. And I've never been able to fully get a straight answer. Um, I I've I have heard that. You know, there's a feeling there that Miami doesn't do a good enough job recruiting that school. I don't know if it's true or not true, but you know, they say that you know weeks will go by without hearing from anybody from Miami. Um, Whatever it is over there, the they are not feeling Miami at St. Thomas Aquinas, and it's something that Manny Diaz has to try to change. I mean, way too many good players coming through that school. I mean, just look at this year, Rosemy at at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, yep. not even not even sniffing coming to Miami. I mean, not even in the conversation. Um, Derek Wingo, the, line, the linebacker, not even in the yeah, conversation really of going to Miami. Right. I mean, he's I mean that's Florida. He, yeah, he, yeah, he 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 decommitted from Penn State and committed to Florida.
6: Yeah. I mean, Marcus that's, Rosemary committed to Georgia.
1: Right, and then you just mentioned Doomerville. It doesn't really yeah. look like he's seriously considering. So that's three legit D- division one I players. I, you know, we'll see how good they end up being. That's three legit guys that right. you should be, you should be signing to, to, to play football at the university of Miami. That
0: yeah. not
1: even in the game, not even in the game list, like not even in the conversation. So, you know, there's been a lot of debate going on on the website and I know guys get, you know, so, some people take take um, constructive criticism and and stuff personally and expect everything to be rah rah sis boom bah. But right. you've heard me talking a lot lately about recruiting and how I think recruiting needs to be better. And I'm doing yeah. that for a reason, and that's because that is what I see. With some serious right. exclamation points, I mean serious exclamation points. Recruiting needs to be better, and
6: yeah, um, I see it too. I see it too, Gary. You're not the only really one. <laughs> uh, Donnell Harris, he's another one. Miami Gulliver Pruf, you know, he's undecided. He's number seven in 2020 class. Weak side defensive end. Any news about him? Did you hear any? Yeah, I, about I, him? I mentioned that
1: earlier. Um, he went to LSU last week. I think he's going to Florida this week, and they're still talking about um, Texas A&M. And, you know, it's not looking good, but I will say this. They're they're still talking. There's still conversation going on, okay? And the last I heard was that they're going to try to make a time next week when Miami has an open week for the dad and Donnell to come to campus and just sit right. down, just sit down with the coaches and have a talk. And and yeah. and, and just just chat it up and, and, and talk it through and, and, and see if that can be rehabilitated. So we'll see what happens.
6: Yeah. Well, hope for the best though, right? Also, yep. here's another one. Brian Brian Robinson, wide receiver, Palm Beach Central. He's undecided too.
0: Um, yep.
4: let's see if we can find another one.
6: <laughs> So, ah, Miami, Florida, Columbus. Uh, I can't pronounce it. Xavier Henderson, I think is what it is Xavier
1: Henderson? Yeah,
4: he's, he's not
1: coming he's not coming to Miami. Uh, okay. I mean he's another one. Goes to school ten minutes from campus. His yeah. brother his brother went to Florida and I'm guessing he'll probably follow his brother to Florida. I mean, I don't know where he's going, but he's a hell of a receiver. Goes to school ten minutes from campus. Has never even been seriously in the conversation like i mean it, it, it you just can't i mean this is this, this has been going on now for several for many many years i mean right. it, it there's a there's a compound effect of this and you're right. seeing it you're seeing it every season now
6: yeah it's ever since butch davis left ever since he left the whole thing's just falling apart
1: <laughs> i mean it's not falling apart I mean, that's, that would be an over-exaggerated way of describing it. It's not falling apart. No. Miami, Miami still has, good, has a lot of good players, um, but, not but there's, not, there's not a lot of separation between the Canes and the middle pack and up, uh, even in the ACC, which is down right now. Right. And forget about when you start getting to teams like Wisconsin. Like, you saw what happened in the bowl game. And, you know, yeah. we sat there and made all kinds of excuses. Ah, Manny, I mean, uh, Mark Rick didn't have the team ready to play, blah, 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 blah. Manny had one foot out the door, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, well, we just make excuses to death. That's Look, not, that's not Wisconsin funny. kicked their butts in that bowl game. Okay. Yeah. Wisconsin wasn't playing for anything either. All right. It wasn't the Super Bowl for them either. Okay, so and you know what? If they got themselves better ready to play that game, then that's another statement. So um, this is what you get as a byproduct of what's been going on for several years now in recruiting, going all the way back through the the Al Golden years, even the Randy Shannon years. Mm -hmm. You know, Randy had some success, but, uh, you know, it. I mean, let me put it this way. If you said wanted when, when to go back, the best recruiting that's taken place was with Randy Shannon here. You forget the offensive line he put together with those guys, several right. of which are in the, are, are in the NFL and, and you know played pro football and things like that. Um, and if Randy hadn't got fired, uh, I think he gets Amari Cooper. I think he gets Teddy Bridgewater uh, to come to Miami. But it hasn't been right for a long time. There were a lot of misses. During the Al Golden well, years, a lot of bad evaluations uh, that right. set the roster back. Obviously, we went through some of that probation, which didn't help any at all. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just, it has not been what it needs to be for Miami to be a, a, a 10 win team every year. So you're in win some, lose some mode. You know, people say, what, you're telling me we're not good enough to beat North Carolina? Yeah, we are good enough to beat North Carolina. We beat them last year. Oh, you know, we yeah, beat them absolutely. last year. Well, you, you you forgot you, you forgot that we beat them last year. Um, you know, you're gonna win some. You're gonna lose some. If at, tough, the, at the level we're at right now.
6: That was a tough environment too. I mean, that 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 was a tough environment to try to pull that <laughs> off.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah but I, I don't think the environment beat them. They just didn't play good enough a good enough game.
6: Right. You know, they just they didn't finish more or less. So anyway, yeah, I just wanted to let you know, Sicilian Oven, and all right, uh, we're going next week, and we'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, man, I'm, gl- I'm glad
1: you enjoyed it. I'm going to I'm gonna tell Ralph. Tell I'm going to tell Ralph. him about you. I will. Tell I'm going to tell about him me. about you.
0: Thank you. I will. All
1: right. Bye-bye. All right, Mike. Have a good night. All
0: right.
1: See you. <laughs> see? I'm not just blowing smoke when I talk about Sicilian Oven. Everybody that goes there gives the same review. Um, food's really good all right 563-999-3633 563-999-3633 hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show let's go down to the 305 home of the you you're live on kane sport live
7: hey gary how are you this evening uh this is adam yeah
1: hey what's up adam how you doing this week
7: Good. I mean, I'm happy we got the win. Granted, it is a D1AA, but you saw Georgia Tech fell flat on its face against the D1AA, the Citadel. So, no win is given in this day and age of college football.
1: Yep. No win is easy.
7: uh, Yeah. Well, but but, but, then
1: Cookman was kind of easy, though. Let's be honest.
7: (laughs) No. uh, it, it was, but when you see the D1 AA teams like the Citadel upset a team like Georgia Tech, I'm saying it was good just to get that first win in convincing fashion, especially after the two heartbreaks of the first two weeks. So that was my point, that it was nice to get an easy win, and hopefully this week we'll have another easy win. Should. Yep. Um, couple questions like i know manny addressed this in uh his press conference yesterday i think or today um and it might not be popular and you mentioned it earlier why not redshirt zach mcleod this year so you have an experienced linebacker coming back next year to help the samuel brooks and the bradley jennings integrate into the miami system
1: I would, like, I, I, would uh, be do- I would be doing it with, without even a moment of hesitation because next year, you're going to wish you had a, an experienced guy like that.
7: Exactly. I mean, um, I, w- I watched the game on ACC Network, and um, I think his name is John Pajemi was talking up Samuel Brooks, but having somebody like a Zach McCloud to help Samuel Brooks next year, I think, would be huge.
1: Yeah. And and having. and it would be better for Zach McCloud cuz he's not yeah. getting to put enough quality play on on tape this year.
7: Yeah. So I understand where Manny's coming from that he's a valuable special teams player. But you get I, 80, I think at you got point, I think
1: 77 guys on the team. I yeah. I would, you know, I, I would I would let someone else run down on kicks. Yeah.
7: I mean, and maybe my position isn't the most popular, but we're, no, I to totally with agree with next. you.
1: I, 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 totally agree with you. He, to, okay. in, it, it, to, in my opinion, you are 100% correct.
7: Okay. Um, another person who I was actually impressed with, um, during the game, like, Hey, and it, it was good to see Nicozy get out there even to play the third and fourth quarter because in this day and age of college football, a backup quarterback transferring right away, look at the USC situation with Jack Sears transferring right after he lost the job. It's good that Nicosi hasn't checked out.
1: Oh, no just doubt. Said,
7: Screw this, I'm transferring.
1: Yeah, I would have gotten him in earlier. I, I, I didn't think Jaron needed to go on the field after halftime.
7: Well no, I mean I liked him like in the first yeah, I thought he they kept him in one drive too late. I would have taken him out after the touchdown pass to Harley to give him one. Yeah, Nicosey needs
1: back. to play. He needs yeah. to play. Like you don't know if, if you're gonna need him. You you know, obviously a backup quarterback could be needed at the snap of a finger.
7: Yeah. No, I I mean and that's definitely the case. Um also, um on the defensive side what did you think of the play of like sam
1: brooks can, you know you I, see him? I i i didn't focus in on him okay. alone and, and to be honest with you a game like that i didn't even i didn't do a game a game film study okay. either. so i can't really give you an opinion on 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 how he played i can i can look up okay. and tell you how he how he graded how people that that did okay. watch his every move thought and I'll do that for you right now while we, while we finish talking. Okay. Um, But um, but, yeah, go
7: ahead. A couple of things with Baxter, is it now all a mental thing? Because uh, obviously I've never kicked in college football game or, so I don't know the pressure that they're going under, but to me, you have to be able to make 30 yard field goals.
1: You can't, no doubt.
7: I mean, I mean, this is like the punting situation was last year. I mean, I'm, I like Headley. Headley was getting the ball and really pinning um, bassoon Cookman back during his two punts. But you have to be able to kick a field goal. And yes, I know he drilled a fifty-yarder against Florida. But you can't drill a fifty-yarder and then miss a twenty-six-yarder. Is it yeah. all a mental thing? And is he kicking well? I, I think it is.
1: I, I think it has gotten mental and uh, that's never a good thing for a kicker. Uh, I'm sure they're sending him to the, to the, to the psychologist's office <laughs> pretty much every day and trying to get it worked out and get his confidence back. But uh, man, when kickers Funny. lose their confidence and they and they start thinking about it, it's never good. You play golf.
7: Um, a little bit. I mean, I yeah. It's tennis, well, it's so no different like, than playing
1: golf, man. When you start thinking yeah. about what you're doing, it's not. It's usually yeah. not going to go well.
7: Yeah, and it's the same with tennis, like pulling your shots and you're thinking and thinking yeah. and thinking. Um, yeah. Right, hey, I before seen, you
1: uh, before you go on, um, Sam Brooks graded uh, yeah. exceptional. Yeah, he's seventy-seven point oh, okay. six. That's really really good.
7: Okay, because I'm thinking, like thinking long term. And, um, and I also like, for example, and, yes, it's Bethune-Cookman, but through the first three weeks, I've loved how Cam Davis and D.J. Dallas have been running. Like, they're running hard. They're running strong. I mean, they both looked great in the North Carolina game as well. I mean, and if you're going to do trickery, I'd prefer not the Tate Martel thing, just run Dallas out of the Wildcat because that's worked. Time and time again. Mm-hmm. And not Tate Martell doing whatever they're doing. I mean, have Tate Martell transition a wide receiver and emergency quarterback, not this other stuff. Um,
1: yeah, I, I agree.
7: A couple other things. One, on the recruiting, um, there's this kid from Carroll City, I think, who's committed to Alabama. Jones yep. Bell, I think his name Jones,
1: is Jones is there, Bell, yeah.
7: Is there any interest on Miami side or is that yeah. like the Xavier H-
1: Henderson or just No, I, I you know, there there is interest. Uh right now he's committed to Alabama, but mm-hmm. it would not shock me if a similar thing happened with him as would happen happened with um Christian Williams last year. Where you know, Alabama got overbooked, so to speak, and okay. they let Chris—they let Christian Williams come to Miami. It wouldn't shock me if the same thing happened with Jones Bell late in the game.
7: Okay, and being of Alabama, but,
1: but don't, but route. don't expect it. It would be a nice bonus. He's another one that they just, you know, didn't do a good, like, just not a good enough job recruiting, man. He's another one that's getting away. That kid's a hell of a player
0: yeah I mean, this might be the worst
1: let me tell you something this might be the worst year of all in terms of well, no, talent getting away from South Florida.
7: well, next year, what I'm worried about is there's the Palmetto crew, like the chris Collier the and all that, and Palmetto's yep. right around the and it's similar palmetto like I grew up right around the corner from palmetto palmetto's what maybe five minutes from the miami driving a little back. more a
1: few more than that, but close enough, you know.
7: Yeah, it's like 7 minutes because I've done the drive. You can't like kids in your own backyard just go to like the Floridas and Florida state.
1: And it, and it's like and they're going without a they're going without a battle. Yeah. It's like yeah. this it's not even a it's not even a fight. And I mean, like I just I can't I can't rationalize it as being okay. I I no, just can't. No, it's not
7: okay. <laughs> But some kids I understand they want to experience more than Miami. So, and that's the kid's prerogative in the world of recruiting. If they want to experience something that they've never experienced, that's their right.
1: Every top prospect in South Florida except one? No.
7: Um, A couple other questions. One, um, and I don't think I caught this earlier. What are you hoping to see? Like, obviously we get Bubba Bolden back to the Virginia Tech game and that's Going to really shake up the secondary, but what are you hoping to see out of the Central Michigan game, like in
1: terms? Yeah, I talked of... about that. I talked about that earlier. There's a whole lineup of things you can you can come up with. Um, you know, continue to get all the receivers going like they have been, uh, yeah. without a doubt. See Jaron Williams maybe do a little bit better throwing the deep balls, um, better pass I mean, you rush. Said,
7: but with Karen Williams throwing the deep ball, you said that'll come with time.
1: It should. I mean, you, 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 I yeah. mean, he he's been complete. He's completed a couple. I mean, it's not like it's a disaster. It's just not yeah. as good as it as you it know. can be. So hopefully he'll keep no, getting better okay. at that. Okay. All right. Um, all right, Adam. Good. Thanks right. for calling in. We'll yeah, talk to you next week.
7: Talk to you next week, Gary. Have a good one.
1: Take care, man. All right, 563 999 3633. 563 999 3633 is the number. Hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Let's go out to the 850. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? 850, are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, next time, let's go to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
8: Good evening, Gary. This your boy, Sebastian. What's going on?
1: What is going on, Sebastian? How are you doing this evening?
8: <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Adam kind of stole a lot of my thunder, but I wanted to Uh-oh. answer what he said in regards of uh, Nikosi. It was good to see him in the game. Yep. It was good to see him in the game for a couple of reasons. One is the fact that it's, it demonstrated that there's really not a whole lot of dissension between him not being named the starting quarterback and so it seemed. It, it displayed like it's a happy quarterback room. You know, because, I'm, I'm
1: sure he's not happy, but I have not heard one thing to contradict what you just said.
8: You know, and that shows maturity because I mean, if, if we're, I mean, Florida lost their quarterback this week, and you know, who knows? We could be one play away. And the fact that he's engaged, the fact that he's demonstrating some maturity, which he probably hasn't done so in the past, I think is good for the team. Mm-hmm. You know. I think it's good for the team. I mean, it's not a story that you're going to write about, but as the season unfolds, you just never know.
1: I would love and to so, write a uh, story about Nikozy uh, Perry. In fact, I'm going to I'm I'm gonna requ- I'm gonna try to see if I can get that done. I would love to write a story about him
8: I, 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 I think it's a good that. story. In, 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 I, because in this day and age when, you know, guys don't get their way, they just kind of jump ship and bail. You know, when you talk about leadership on a football team, it's being able to – have some players on the team that's able to handle adversity and get through it. Mark Pope is another kid, too, with all the accolades and everything that came. He played well, Now I hope he's okay. I, I really, really do hope he's okay because I think he's on his way of just getting better throughout the year. And I was impressed with the wide receivers and the way they kind of juggled them around. I'm a little bit concerned about the joker because I, I still think that there's, there's some things that they can do with him, especially in the red zone. We're not that good. I mean he's six foot six. I mean, we haven't thrown a fade in the jump ball pass all season long. And maybe we'll see it this week, but it's something that I'm looking at. The other point I wanted to make is the improvement of the offensive line. You know, um I mean we're starting two true freshmen
1: on the offensive yeah.
8: line. Now
1: let's be honest, they haven't been coming. tested to like they, they haven't been tested like those guys were against Florida, let's be honest. I mean, Carolina was That's okay true. on the D-line. They were okay. Yeah. They weren't great by any stretch. So they haven't been tested really yet, but they're you doing very I well. Yeah. You, play,
8: you, play who you, can, you play against who the team that lines, who lines
1: up in front of you, no doubt.
8: You know, and yep. Yep. you just do the best you can do against them. Now, we know when we get into the grunt of ACC, It's going to get a little bit tougher, but these are their first two or three college football games. And it's not practice. It's actually playing in a live game with a lot of snaps and going through all of that. And, you know, these guys were in high school last year, so I'm going to give them some kudos for just improving and for the coaches for making the adjustment to get the offensive line to look well because it can only help Jaron Williams out when he gets a little bit more comfortable with the offensive line in regards of his growth and his development. That's the only point I, <clears throat> I wanted to make towards that, particularly. <clears throat> what are you hearing about
1: joining? So uh, you know, that's a, good, that's a good question. I mean, I gotta think he should be coming back at some point here. We'll have to, we'll have to inquire about it.
8: You look, we haven't really, uh, we haven't really back asked back.
1: about him lately. We'll have to try yeah. to find out when he's coming back.
8: Because if he's not going to play this year, He's not going to come back. He's a kid that probably could benefit from a redshirt, learn a new position. We're going to need linebackers come next year. We're going to need linebackers that are inside the program. You know that could help. Somebody made a, a, a comment about you know should we request a redshirt McLeod? You know with this transfer portal on board, I mean there's other ways to get a lot more mature linebackers in the program if we needed to. It's I mean, not ideal, uh, but it's an option.
1: I'm not convinced of that. I'm not convinced you're going to find a lot of linebackers in the transfer portal better than Zach McCloud. And by the way, Joyner redshirted last year. Oh, Did he? Yeah.
8: You sure?
1: Yeah, I'm sure. He's a redshirt freshman this year.
8: Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah.
8: Um, so what I'm looking forward to seeing in the Western Michigan game um, is the way Samuel. our young cornerbacks are going to play. Central, central michigan is michigan. uh it's <laughs> central michigan. <It's> the corner. <laughs> i'm I'm looking to see how cornerbacks play. I'm talking about williams and who's the twenty three who's that kid i mean he's light as rails but he, he is cat quick and yeah he's pretty aggressive what's his name Sucks. um but anyway i'm looking to see how not 20, It's not, no not
1: twenty three i don't know yeah, who, i'm trying to think who you trying to think who you're talking about.
8: We have, we have two true freshman cornerbacks this playing. Williams is the one kid from Alabama, and I can't think of the other one. He stayed true to us all the way through the recruiting season, and he never really wavered from his coach. Oh, to Corey Ca- – you're talking about Corey, the
1: to, to Corey Couch.
8: Yeah, Couch, Couch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how – because I think they're going to get a lot of burn because I think this quarterback and this team going to throw it kind of all over the place. Um. You haven't talked much about that. I think we cleaned up our penalties. You t- yeah, yeah, You haven't talked much about that because I'm, I'm looking to see where, where – are we making improvements or are we getting better to where we need to be? And, um, you know, those are just some things that I'm, that I'm seeing. Uh, I talked about it last week in relation to we're not doing a good job in relation to recruiting JUCO players. And especially on the offensive line. And I'm not sure if you spoke much of it. You know, Albany got two starting tackles from Juco, and We can't seem to get one. We need to get yep. quick on that.
1: It's also all part said, of the same deal, man. Re- recruiting is not good enough.
8: Um, well, um, it's not good enough. Holes, if, 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 you, if, if, you, if you, before I leave, if you could just talk to some kids that maybe we're not recruiting, but we'll just kind of keep. Oh, this is what I want to say. If we end up with a season with 8-4 and four and we win a bowl game, I would think that's a successful season. I'm be honest with you. Do I want to go to the ACC championship game? I say yes because we need to know what it's like to get there and play against good competition to get better. But we also need to do that just to get some of these kids that are local, that are on the fence, that may not be looking at Miami to look at them. Mm-hmm. You know? And I and I believe getting to the ACC championship game, even if we got swacked by Clemson, is a good thing.
1: I think so anything less is, any is a disappointment. I think I, I think anything less than that is a disappointment. I said it before the year, and I'm, I'm not changing my opinion. Um, obviously, losing to Carolina, you don't have a lot more margin for error. So, you know, but that's not any you know that's not anybody else's fault. Like, you know, you, you needed to win that game, but anything less than getting to Charlotte, to me, this is you cannot put a happy face on this season. So we'll see what happens.
8: I agree. Hey, hey Gary, think about that story about Nikosi Perry, okay?
1: Yeah, we will. All right, thanks for calling in, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Um, Let's go out now to the... 706, you're live on Kane Sport Live.
8: Hey, Gary, that was just that was Sebastian. You got me twice. Sorry. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. I, I just did you. I'm sorry. Yeah, all right. Let's go to 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
4: This is Gary.
1: Yes, sir. Who's this? Thomas. What's up, Thomas? What you got for us, man?
4: Just real quick. I mean, you know, each week you kind of go on and on about how recruiting is. It needs to be better, and, and I'm pretty sure we
1: all agree. Well, do you, do you hear all the examples? No, no, I, I agree with you totally. What, I what mean, I mean, we're is, just Thomas. We're just scratching the surface, like.
4: No, what, what? My my question for you, Gary, is you you, you, someone you've been around the program many years. You've seen when the recruiting was at its best. You see what it is now. Just in your own personal thought process what needs to happen not we know, it, we know it we know it needs to be better what would Gary Harmon do to make it better what would you do to make recruiting better
1: I would increase the number of people in the back office working recruiting and I would make sure that the people that I hired were of supreme quality I wouldn't compromise on the standards of hiring. Um, I I would make sure that I was covering South Florida better than what they are right now because, you know, it, it, it's, it's probably, this is probably the worst I've ever seen it quite honestly. When you, when you take the fact that nobody at St. Thomas Aquinas to, you know, which produces all these major college players. Um, You know, look, just look at the guys that that used to come here from St. Thomas, Philip Dorsett, number one draft pick, New England Patriots, still starring in the NFL um, playing phenomenal football. Uh, Brandon Linder, who you wouldn't even think about who's the highest paid center in the national football league. Um, You know, the guys they didn't get the Bosa brothers that went to St. Thomas, um, I mean, you can go on and on and on. I mean, the, the fact that nobody from that school is, 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 is seriously con- even, like, thinking about coming to Miami, none of the top prospects, I mean, that's crazy to me. Um, you know, right. when, right. when I see the top offensive line recruits um, and I see them get out-hustled by Florida – and that those kids are sitting in the Florida recruiting section at, in Orlando, at the game in Orlando. Um, you know, when a kid whose commitment was taken doesn't even know who's recruiting them. Um, I mean, I mean, listen, I don't want to like, you know, like I don't want, I don't want to throw sand on the pile here. I mean, it's, it, I'm just being honest. It's, it's, it's not good enough. And it's, and it's not, it, 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 it needs to be much, much better. So, I think it's, you know, more people, better people. Um, I think right now there's a lot of pressure on the coaches in in recruiting that maybe they don't have the time all the time for, you know, or, or, you know, like, I'm not sure, like, I I don't want to say that they don't grind because they work enormous hours or whatever, but there, there might be a little bit too much burden in some cases on the coaches themselves and maybe they they're not casting a, a, a wide and strong enough net. I don't know. You know, it, it's like there's just so there's just so many things that we that we could sit here and harp on. But when you have all this talent and and it's not like losing South Florida kids has not been an issue here. I mean, it's been an issue here for years, okay? And now it is arguably worse than it's ever been. I mean, I, I mean, I do. I I don't know what else to say. I mean, it, it it this program can't can't possibly go to a higher level than where it is right now if that doesn't get better. And I don't care who the head coach is. People, oh, you know, Manny, Mario, George, you know, Mo, Larry, Curly. I, I, it doesn't it, it, like. It's not about fighting over who the head coach should be, or or you know all that. I'm just saying, like. Whoever it is and whatever it is, recruiting, to me, needs to get a lot better. And if it doesn't, I just don't see how this program can, can go to a higher level than where it is right now. Because you're just going to keep recycling guys that are good players, but you don't, you, just don't have, you don't have a lot of difference makers in the program. If I said to you right now, who are the difference makers, Thomas? Who would you point to? Guys that change the game just by their presence on the field. Who? I can't give you that. I know you can't. And like, you know, I'm looking like if I if I go down the stars, you know, I think DJ Dallas and Cam Harris are playing pretty good football. I don't know that either, you know, is a first round draft pick by any stretch of the imagination. They're, you know, they might even be third, you know, maybe second or third day draft picks, but you know, they're playing good football. Neither one of them is changing the game. Um, there, there's not a receiver on the team that changes the game. I think Brevin Jordan has a chance to be that kind of player. Uh, right. you know, he's only, in, he's only in his second year. He's, he's, he, he seems to be progressing on that tr- kind of track. I think he's got a shot to be that kind of player. I look on defense. I think Greg Russo has a chance to be that kind of player. But there's not a lot of it. There's not a lot of game-changing, difference-making you know, talent that were the difference for Miami when Miami was great. And um, look, we may never see a team like 2001 again. I mean, that that was was ridiculous. But when you go from 26 first-round draft picks between 2000 and 2009 to four between 2010 and 2019, I mean, that tells you that your recruiting has not been good enough now for these last 10 years. And I'm telling you that I don't know, and with all respects to the the number nine ranking right now, which is probably going to end up being like in the 15 range by the time all these schools end up filling their their lists. With all respects to the ranking, I'm telling you that I don't know that I've ever seen like not just so many players dismissing staying home and playing for Miami, but – like it's not even a battle, and and that's what I don't understand. And um, you know, somebody's figured out. You know, I could you know sit here and rattle off my opinions, and you know, I'm sure it's not popular. I'm sure what I'm saying, but um, I don't know. To me, it just needs to get better.
4: No, you, you, you're right. I mean, it, it's the reason Georgia is able to on a Friday. Night before a game on Saturday is able to send an assistant coach to a South Florida high school game. It's, it's called recruiting budget.
1: Now, I don't well, care who you the know, coach is. If they don't in, have fa- the in fairness, budget, those schools, those schools have some resources now that we don't always have here. Like they'll take an assistant Miami coach and they'll, they'll, well, they'll they'll take an assistant coach. They'll put them on a private plane to South Florida, private and the plane will stay the plane'll sit on the runway gassed up waiting for that coach see, to come see back,
0: back. Yeah.
1: and fly and fly him to wherever the team, you know wherever they're playing if they're if they're playing at home he's back in in Athens in in, in an hour and 20 minutes you know or so so like you know they'll do stuff like that and and, and the Miami coaches go out also um mostly in south yeah, florida not like
9: that not but like that.
1: it's a whole different it's a whole different mindset a whole different level it's that's going on at those schools the way they recruit um the the just the the way they get after it uh you know i i i've i've spoken to coaches at those schools and i always hear what a grind it is you know how hard they are expected to work and they have to work to maintain the standards that they're expected to perform at and 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 all that Um, I don't, I'm not sure it's fun all the time for the guys that, I mean, you, you notice if you look at Alabama Nick Saban, he's constantly churning his staff. Guys can't stay there for more than a couple of years. They get, they, it's, they can't, they can't take it. It, it, They're burnt out. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a grind. It's like they, you know, they get worn down and, and it's not for everybody for sure. Um, but there's gotta be a middle ground.
4: Well, you got to start winning first off cause you can't keep going to home at 7 and 5 and 8 and 4. You can't keep, you, you got to find a way to go into somebody's home like the Donnell L. Um, Harris kid. You got to go into his home at 10 and 2 or 11 and 1. You can't go into his home anything less than his father's going to say, Well, I'm mm-hmm. out this in the S C T country. I mean,
1: let's remember, I'm I'm sitting here talking about how bad it is and how bad it seems. I mean, this recruiting has been taking place off of a seven and six season and an absolute butt whipping at the end of the year. And the head coach being so overwhelmed by what it was was going to take to fix it, that he quit. And, you know, now you have Manny coming and taking over. Manny's never been known as a recruiter. Man, Man no. Manny, Manny's not—he's not, he's not a, rec- a recruiting guy, like you know. And now he's got to be that, and he's got to evolve into that because he's the head coach now. Um, it's not easy. He's got a tough job, Manny Diaz—a very tough job. And yep. um, it's, it's you know, all almost of
4: us—all—it's
1: almost—it is almost impossible, and all of us want to see him. Um, all of us want to see him do well, and um, obviously, and, and 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 see him have success. But he has a tough job that he that he's got here, and it, no, it's not going to be easy. All right, and you got anything else for us tonight? One
4: one last question. One last question. It's kind of simple. Would urban Meyer work here in Miami?
1: Don't know. I think he'd get he recruiting straightened him. out. I think he'd very quickly get recruiting straightened out.
4: But at, at what price?
1: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to get into whether he he cheats or whatever. I mean, I, I yeah, no, I, I don't I'm, know.
4: I uh, but, but 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 I think
1: I'm just I, I think
4: I think he he's going to leave your program in in in, in, in shambles. Oh,
1: extent. well, he didn't leave Ohio State in shambles. Well, that,
4: that's cuz he kind of was forced out with the whole the whole assistant coach thing. You know, but he, he he left him pretty good. He left
1: him pretty good. Yeah. So, all right, man, well, thank you for being part of the show. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, a call next time. 563 999 3633 563 999 3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 239. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
10: Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Joe from Naples.
1: Hey, what's up, Joe? How you doing?
10: I'm doing well. How's man, Dominic how
1: Mamorelli doing over there? You, you've been following him for us?
10: Yeah, the kid from Naples, the tight end. Yeah, how's he doing? He's doing pretty good, man. Uh, Naples looks good, man. They look good.
9: They, they don't throw strong, the ball home bad.
10: a lot. But yeah. No, no, it's not really a passing team, but uh, they got a pretty good defense. And, uh, but he's a specimen, man. He's got the size, that's for sure. You know, uh, I was calling about the coaches. I was going to complain about the coaches, and then you're talking about recruiting, and you just don't piss me off even more. Little disappointment Listen, I
1: know. Places. I li- listen. I just want to say something. I, I know. It, I know it pisses you off, and it, it pisses everybody off, and it you know it, it pisses me off because I'm you know if if I'm gonna do if I'm gonna have a website like Cane Sport and I'm gonna do a show like this show, I'm not going on a message board, and I'm not going on this show and blowing smoke up everybody's butts. Okay, it, it's like I've been doing this for. 40 plus years now and like I, I i feel like you know you guys should get the benefit of my expertise and 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 what i feel i'm seeing and not seeing and, and i tell it like it is and and i know it's not always popular and you know a guy a guy actually sent me a message today it's like man it just it seems like every like you like like things have been so negative for so many months now i'm like yeah like the team has lost 7 of its of nine games got its butt kicked the coach quit um we had a four-hour coaching search didn't even like try to see who around the country might want to get the job and we lost our first two games this year and our recruiting is is not as good as it needs to be and yada yada, yada. it's like what am I supposed to say they, like like am I supposed to just lie to everybody so yeah I feel you man I, I mean I, I live it every minute of every day but I mean I just I don't know any other way but to be honest
10: Well, I'll give it to you. You know, you, you stick to your guns. You speak, uh, you speak your thoughts, even though it might not be, uh, you know, the popular beliefs and uh, you know, but you do have the expertise. No one's been following it. You know, the Kings longer than you have. So, you know, I'll give it to you there, but going back to the coaching is not only the recruiting aspect of things, but you know, I was at the game season tickets and um, I was at the first game and I don't recall, but did 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 we also fail on a fourth down conversion? Because if, mm-hmm. if my memory serves me correct, did, did did we do did did we try a fourth down conversion? Um,
1: we did. They got yeah. They blew and, it up.
10: We blew it. Up. So we were yeah. Eno like, took
1: responsibility for it. He say he said he got the call wrong or something along those lines. So he took responsibility for it.
10: Um. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But you know, there's a couple of things. You know, a little disappointed in the defense as well. You know, Baker's supposed to be, you know, a pretty good coach. He did well wherever he came from. Uh, Banda with our safety coach. Um, You know, our safety's pretty – they haven't really produced, you know, out of position, getting blown out, simple plays. Um, You know, Eno's called the first quarter a little disappointed. You know, I think we scored seven points or ten points in the first quarter. Um, We got stopped in a couple, you know, third downs. Um, you know, plays weren't scripted. It just seems like uh, the whole, you know, granted, like the other caller said, that we, we improved on on our offense proficiencies as far as, uh, you know, no flag, not many flags compared to the last th- uh, two games. But it just seems like we're not clicking. You know, you can say a lot about Mark Rick. Granted, we lost, you know, stretches upon stretches with him, and you couldn't handle it, like you mentioned. But it seems like he had, you know, a better control of, of the team in general. Um, I don't know. I'm just a little disappointed in the overall, you know, general coaching aspect of things. And if I hear Manny say one more time, you know, trying to bring back Miami the way Miami used to be, these kids don't know where Miami used to be, man. That was 15, 17 years ago. You know, these are 19, 18-year-old kids. But, yeah, they, you know, yeah they, they, parents, they were little babies.
1: Know. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, they are.
10: So, but, you know, and then you talk about recruiting, and that, that even got me. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, you know, you just reeled off a whole bunch of things that really aren't even on on. – they're not on my list right now. I'm not uh, overjudging these coaches three games into it. Um, I didn't feel that that they lost to Florida or North Carolina because the team was not prepared to play or or anything along those lines. I I, I mean, I felt that, you know, the Florida game – with all the things that were going on in that game. I, 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 I was stunned that it was as close as it was. And I understood why it was, I, you know, Florida did a lot of things in that game to help us keep it close. And we almost stole the game. I mean, came very close to winning it. The, the, the Carolina game. I thought the Carolinas coaches game planned for our defense, the way that I thought Florida would, to be honest with you. And um, they went after what should be, soft spots for us. If you look if you're looking if you're doing scouting, um I mean, if you properly scout our team, you're you're saying that our defensive tackles are average. Our best defensive end now has to be a dude and we're going to we're going to game plan for him and we're going to be ready for him. And so if he's going to beat us, he's going to beat us, you know, we we're, we're going to know he's there as opposed to maybe last year when we were more worried about Gerald Willis and, and, and Joe Jackson. Um the linebackers are good, but their liabilities in the passing game. Um they're not elite players. They're they're probably gonna be third day draft picks. Um there's one cornerback going into the season, Trajan Bandy. He's a five nine kid that probably should be a slot corner. When you put him on the outside if you if you can get him the bite on a move. Uh, You know, he doesn't have, he's a short strider. He's a short guy. He's not going to be able to recover. He's not going to have the recovery speed to catch up to you on the outside. So, you know, you saw what they ran in the game. Um, The other corner didn't play opening day and has never had to be the dude. And he got two new safeties. You're replacing like 50 starts at the safety position. Okay. So that's your scouting report. Okay. On the Miami defense. Now, like these teams like these teams in the ACC have good coaches. And so they're drawing it up to take advantage of those things. You saw, you know, you saw what happened when Florida attacked down the middle of the field. Now, yeah. the, the, the uh, Franks, the first time threw a horrible pass and Amari Carter intercepted it. But you noticed that when they got the ball back a couple plays later, they came right back to a deep pass down the middle of the field and they completed it for like 65 yards. So they almost discovered by accident that the secondary might be able to be exposed a little bit. Um, So, you know, the, the point I'm making is that it is what it is. And, and, and that's a talent level of the roster. And, you know, I, I didn't walk away from those games saying the coaches didn't have them ready to play. I mean you know the coaches in terms of their on the field coaching is is certainly not on my list right now. Um you know you you, you heard me talk about the other things but um so you know we'll see what happens from here. Anyway I um, we got to run because we got our special guests on the line now. So uh, uh I'm going to let you go. Give us a call next week.
10: We'll do bro. Good go. Okay. All right
1: man. Thank Yep. Yeah, thanks for calling in. All right guys, it's time for really one of my favorite segments of the show, and that's our Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment uh, when we bring Bruce Warner into the house, the voice of the fan. And uh, this week, we're going to be joined by a former Canes great. And uh, great is really kind of an understatement when you look at the football career that Bryant McKinney had, uh, not just on the University of Miami campus where he didn't give up a sack in his entire career, and, and, uh, but the great things that he went. Onto and in, in the National Football League. And the thing that I really loved recently about Brian McKinney was that he came back and put some time in to try to help these young offensive linemen get ready for the season and, and, and get better. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. Um, Bruce and Brian, um, how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, welcome to Kane Sport Live.
11: Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing great. And he's doing his Serena Williams impersonation. He just got off the
9: tennis court. <laughs> I did it. That's all my right. extra
1: cardio. Yeah, let's get to that first. Okay, all right. So, so Brian, you got your, your you got your cardio in tonight. You're out on the tennis court. How's your How's your game these days? It's
9: getting pretty good. Um, we won. We played doubles tonight, so we won the first set six two, and I think six four. The second, all right. Six. So I mean, it's getting good.
1: I, I imagine it's pretty hard to get a passing shot by your you, – you know, you have that, that wingspan that's pretty good.
11: <laughs> yeah, okay, can you imagine him at the net?
9: I had to work on the net cause I didn't like the net at first, like in doubles, but I, you know, forced myself to get up there, so now I'm getting up there and I'm getting used to it. So I'm actually having fun be, at the net.
1: Before Before we talk about the Canes, okay, and, and mm-hmm. we got a lot to talk about, I've got to ask you about Serena Williams because I know you're friends with her. She's lost four straight mm-hmm. Grand Slam finals. What – um. Do, do you think she can get over the hump and, and win again?
9: I think she can. I think it's just like kind of like you know how people have like a writer's block sometimes because it's like you're playing so dominantly throughout these tournaments to keep making it there. Um, You made it within a few months of having a baby. Then, you, then the final year you're making them again. So it's not like her level of play is going down because she's still beating people to make it to the finals. But it's now when she gets there, she has to remain to keep that same focus and calm her nerves. Now I think she's over anxious and, and overthinking, and a little too
11: nervous um, going into the finals. Yeah, it looks okay. to me like she's it, pressing it, it, it and, and, and pressing and pressing. She was in the U.S. Open too. Yeah, I saw that. So Brian, so what is going on down at the U? We, we've, we've, I just spoke with you. You didn't watch the North Carolina game, but certainly there's improvement from the Florida game, and then the other day when they played um, against Bethune Cookman, I thought Zion Nelson looked really good. So I, I want to ask you first: How long do you think it takes for this this particular offensive line to gel?
9: Um, it's going to take a it's going to take a couple games. Like the first game, I spoke to him after every game actually. Um, him and Jay Camp. I, that's when I learned that our Camp wasn't starting anymore. But Design um, actually texted me today, and I just asked him how to tell. He said he felt a little better. I know the Florida game when I talked to him. He see what a lot of people that he was laid off the ball a lot. Um, and that was because he said he couldn't hear. And I told him he has to learn to communicate. So, I mean, he's going through a learning experience, but I told him the more he's out there, the more reps he gets, the more comfortable he'll get. And that'll put more experience under his belt because, you know, this is a, a freshman, a legit freshman coming straight from high school, and you're on the big stage against Florida. And the crowd noise, I'm not sure how his high school games are, but it's pretty hard to emulate, you know, against a rival you know, the crowd noise, and, that, and that's your first time being in that situation, which was causing him to be laid off the ball.
11: Yeah, what do you think about that weight gain that he had? That's an awful lot of weight to gain in a short amount of time. Is that impacting any of this at all? Is he, did he lose any speed or foot speed?
9: Um, yeah, well, it depends on how the weight was gained, if it was muscle or, you know, it was, you know, fat. So depending on if it was, like, strength, it may have helped and him become a little more powerful. But if was just, like, I need a weight gain. I don't know if somebody might have told him because sometimes when you get to the next level, they tell you you need to bulk up, and you try to find ways to bulk up, and then you end up not allowing it to be the right weight. So, I mean, maybe he'll work on that, getting it back down to help him become more flexible and, and uh agile and like a little quicker, and then grow into it because it's better to grow into it instead of rushing. It. How much weight did he gain? I think forty-five like, pounds, like right? Four, like forty-five. 40, I think it was like five.
1: Yeah, forty-five pounds in one yeah, offseason.
9: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a big difference. So uh, he's probably not even acclimated to even, like, carrying that weight around like that. So that's something that'll take time for him as well.
11: Yeah, no, I know Leon has been talking to some of these guys too, and he keeps talking about hand and the punch, hand punch. How's Zion that's with that? That's the same that? thing I'm
9: talking about. And that's what, that's what i talked about with Auden, like, when I went down there in the summertime. Even though we didn't get a chance, you know, to spend a lot of time with those guys because, one, they have to ask us to come, um, and it has to be on their off time. So you only had a couple of days, you know, leading up to your training camp, but then the rest of your training camp, you're being drilled by your coaches. But it's just certain little things that I just want them to become focused on, and that's like awareness. And, um, you know, when they have double teams, not, not sometimes they're like working against each other and not with each other and uh, rushing to get off to the linebacker, things like that. So it's little things that at this point I would just watch film with him and just talk to him that way because I already know he's pretty much, you know, going through a lot of practice and everything, so I wouldn't want to put him through – extra work on the field, but just talk him through some things.
11: Do you have to tell the coach, the offensive
9: line coach, you have to tell him what you're working on with, with, with him, or they trust you? you no. Know, what I do is I ask, what how, what is he teaching, and then I just kind of just show them, okay, this is what you want y'all to do. Well, how, this is how, you know, can make it easier to, to do what it is. He's um, showing y'all, like, as far as, you know, jump short setting and things like that, I just show them, like, the, the where to look at and the area and how to do it. Um, so, I don't really... Uncoach or whatever. Whatever he's doing, I just try to follow what he's doing, and I just try to show him you know, best way well, to get I
11: mean, you done. He's the, the perfect person for this, because he was a left tackle. Leon was on the right side, but I don't know if that matters, but you are the perfect person to work with this kid.
9: Right, so um, using your hands is very important. A lot of them aren't used to that, especially if come from high school, so you didn't have to worry about shooting your hands, and or guys with all this good technique you know how to swipe your hands off and stuff like that, so that's something that comes with the territory, and I actually got these weighted gloves, I wanted to take them down there to them to see if some of those guys could use them. Um, so just practice, use them in practice. Like make your hands heavier, so then eventually you take them off. Your hands become faster. That's a
11: good idea. Almost it's a like great a idea. Table, a donut on a baseball bat.
9: It's a company that I that I'm friends with, and they had sent me some just to see, it and I do my, you know, I was like, these guys need them down there to practice on their punch. Yeah, get
1: a get a get them a uh, get a, get them a set of about uh, ten or twelve of those things. That'd be great.
9: <laughs> you know. <Right. laughs>
1: I saw Leon in Orlando and um I I think he's been you know trying to help Campbell out a little bit also and mentor him a little bit and mm-hmm. you know kind of like what you've been doing and um things didn't go very well up there. They they gave up 10 sacks and not all of them were the offensive mm-hmm. line fault but but it, it was about as rough as an offensive line night as I think I've ever seen here Brian and and, and I go back way way beyond even when you played and um it was rough it was really rough and 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 poor leon leaving the stadium he he looked like he you know just seen somebody die i mean he was so upset um you worked with these guys in the summer and, and i know that you saw some things that you thought could be better um talk a little bit about your that experience and um the type of potential that you feel that the guys that are out there right now might have as the season goes on?
9: I think they have a lot of potential. They just have to clean up a bunch of little things. A whole bunch of little things turn into a big thing. You know what I mean? That's why I say, even when a combination block, um, coming off too early sometimes or not, being square and working together, and then, you know, somebody to rush off too fast to a linebacker, then that three technique or whatever gets loose and makes the tackle for loss. So things like that. And pass protection the lunging and lunging and stopping your feet. Is, is All those type of things are things that they can correct. They're not. They're beating themselves in a lot of these things because they're making things hard on themselves. So if they correct those simple things, it'll make it easier for the offense because you have the skill positions that are there. You have the running backs and receivers and everything where they're ready to make plays, but that car can't go nowhere without the injury.
11: So do you think that the offensive line now is, is I, look, we saw some, some pretty big runs in the last game or two. Um, I like the fact that they run the ball and run the ball often. Uh, I think that's good for the timing and the the unity of the five guys that are playing, although they did make a change. They put uh, the the kid um, Clark in there as the right guard, and Scaife moved out to the right tackle spot. I think they're going to stay like this now for a while. What do you think about them as they're they're going forward? Well,
9: see seems like – it kind of benefited them by you know making that adjustment. So I believe that's staying like that for a while too. Um, I told Cam to just continue to do his best and, sh- and earn his spot back. But in the meantime, um, they made the decision that they needed to make uh, for the betterment of the team. And um, I think they're making improvements. But well, I just have to see because I mean, but Thum Cookman is in the team that I'm going to look at and be like, okay, you yep. know what I mean, like oh I see strike, So it's like I want to see somebody else. Um, you know I want to see them do it against somebody else. And see how you know but, how they look and and how they're playing in the pass and everything like that. But running the ball is always good for offensive linemen because you get to wear it down your defender. So as pass rush gets, his pass rush gets slower. Yeah, we'll know we more after, after the ball, Virginia Tech, after Virginia
1: Tech and Virginia.
11: We'll know more.
9: Yeah. Right, right. I agree. So what are you up
11: to? What are you doing now, big guy? What's what have you been
9: doing? Um. Uh, well, you know, about to turn forty on Monday, so we're planning my little. Birthday party this weekend coming up. Um,
12: oh. Uh, oh.
9: Y'all wanna Uh oh. I <laughs> wait, got a
12: party last
11: week.
1: <laughs> Why not? M- M- McKin- okay. Mc- McKinney, you're 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 legendary for parties in this town. Let's be honest. Yes. You <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
9: so you'll see some former Cans there as well. But um, what, so what that, you what that, are you that, doing? That, now, now,
1: can, can, um, can and, you uh, say?
9: Another, can... Yeah, we're just having like a um, like a pool party type of thing. Me and uh, Dwayne Bo, his birthday is on the twenty-first, mine's on the twenty-third, so we're going to do it together. Um, oh,
0: cool!
9: It's like a pool party, but it's like an eighties the nineties theme, so we're going to have like those type of foods and like you know people dressed like that type of beachwear and stuff, pool and stuff like that.
11: Sounds like
1: fun. <laughs> Sounds like a yeah. lot of fun. Do you
11: have you
1: ever right, been well,
9: a civilian oven? Ever been wearing?
11: Sicilian Oven, that's the restaurant that uh, sponsors our show. Oh, no, I haven't been. Well, you're gonna have to go. I'll get. I have your number. I'm gonna invite you. Now, I don't know if you're gonna beat the record, but Mark Caesar, who played for the Canes in the 80s, 90s, he holds the record for 60 wings in one seating. And I, I think you have a shot at it. He might want to defend it against you. <laughs> think you can handle that? 60 wings. Yeah. Sixty, <laughs> a lot. Yeah,
9: that's a lot. Tim Leon
11: and you would be a hell of a contest.
9: Oh yeah, I don't know. I, I can't eat a lot in one sitting. That's the thing. I can eat. I get hungry again fast. <laughs> right.
11: Well, you eat like ten meals a day. Is that you, you're that type?
9: Yeah, I get hungry. Yeah, I'm that person who'll be hungry again like so many times.
11: All right, buddy. Well, listen, <laughs> I'm gonna call you so we'll get over there one of these days. Cause I uh, bring a lot of these guys come there and they, they have a blast. And I know the listeners on our show have been talking about it, especially tonight. What else you got, Gary?
1: That's it, man. Brian, thank you so much for making time for us, man. We appreciate it, and uh, thank you for taking the time this summer to help those young guys, and uh, keep being oh, no a mentor problem. to them because you're, you're, you're a great mentor for those young kids, and they can use your expertise, So oh, don't stop. Work. All right, man, not we'll catch work. up with you down the road. Thank you a million.
11: Okay. Bruce, Thanks, we'll, right. we'll, we'll
1: catch up with you next week.
11: Okay, Thanks. take care, guys. Thanks, guys.
1: Bye. Brian McKinney. Really one of the, obviously, you guys know, all-time greats, to I mean, nobody was getting past Bryant McKinney in, when he played. And I remember that. There was the one game where he went up against, uh, I think it was Dwight Freeney from, I believe it was Syracuse. Yeah, from Syracuse. And Freeney was considered the elite pass rusher in college football. And Bryant totally shut him down and shut everybody down in his career as a cane and uh, happy he joined us tonight. That was some great uh, insight that he gave us. And it's also great. Like I said, that he continues to work with those young offensive linemen down on campus and can serve as a mentor to them because they're young kids and you know, you can't always get it all from your position coach. And it helps to have a guy like Bryant that you could text and ask questions to and reach out to who can sort of, you know, when you're down, like he mentioned John Campbell, John Campbell's down right now. Like John Campbell battled all through the off season and in the summer and he won the starting job. And then he got up to Orlando and he wasn't, he just, he just wasn't close to good enough yet. And they had to make changes. They had to. And now he's on the outside looking in a little bit and I'm sure he's like down. It helps to have a guy like Bryant McKinney that he could text and call and talk to. So, uh, kudos to Bryant, uh, for doing that. And, uh, We'll have to get them on the show again at some point down the road. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I'm going to get to the questions submitted by the posters at canesport.com here pretty soon. Um, but right now, let's go out to the 214. You're live on CaneSport Live.
12: Hey, Gary. Sorry.
1: No, no problem. Who's this?
12: This is Jake. Sleeping.
1: We just had Brian McKinney on.
12: No, no, no. You just uh you caught me there. Uh, I was so interested oh, the I caught, that you caught me off
0: guard. <laughs> yeah, I so, me there, all right,
12: well who's, uh, this? Yeah, who's this? So you know, what's it? Oh, this is Jake from uh Saint hey, Pete.
0: What's up,
1: Jake? What you got for us, man?
12: Yeah, you know, one of the things uh you know, I, I just can't help thinking, I was at that North Carolina game and uh we left seven points on the board from kicking. And is there any pucks? Is there a backup plan if this kid can't get it together? kicking? I think it was
1: more out? than seven. I mean, it, it was really more than seven if you look at the fact that Manny went for it on fourth down that one time instead okay. of kicking when, a field goal. Yeah.
12: I mean, yeah, when you lose by three points.
1: I mean I that's ten. That, that that's really ten. You know, two missed field goals, the extra point, and not getting not not getting the three points when they were down there and could have kicked the field goal. That's, goal. that's well, ten points was, left on the field.
9: Well, there was
12: another one where it probably would have been about a 45, 48 yarder too that uh, they passed up and just said nope, we're going for it, or they punt and whatever. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was a joke, but I mean, is there any talks? Is there, is there a plan if this kid can't get it together? I mean, we can't, <laughs> you can't have I don't, a season go by the wayside because of a kid.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's a plan right now. I mean, this kid's got a lot of talent. I, I mean, I watched him in, 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 I've watched him a lot. I mean, the kid has, the kid has a lot of talent. He's got one of the strongest legs in college football, puts every kick on kickoffs out of the end zone. So that's one element of it where he's great. Okay. Um, Field goals, I mean, he's got 50 to 55-yard range. And I watched him in warm-ups the other day, and he probably took maybe a dozen kicks on his like, official warm-up r- routine. And he, he made 11 of the 12. The one he missed was from the exact same spot that he had the kick at North Carolina. It was the exact same distance, the exact same he hash mark. Well, is, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it looks like he breaks down a little bit in, in certain places. And I don't know if it's mental or physical or mechanics or, or what. I can't answer that element of it. But I could tell you this. He missed the kick from the exact same spot that he missed it at North Carolina. And he, and he told the coaches – that he wanted to try it again. Usually they they take one kick from each spot and he had the hold the, the holder and the snapper were already off to the next spot. He brought him back. He redid the kick and that and then then he made it. And I just wonder, you know, if the misses are starting to get to him a little bit and you know, he was really down after North Carolina and the key just needs to keep confidence in himself and not let a couple bad experiences destroy his career because you know how it is with these kickers, man. No, I
12: mean, well, I, if they, I hope he turns around. I just, you know, it's it's hard not to think right now if the kicking, if the Badgley's kicking for us, I think we're three and zero right now. Um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's hard not to say how we couldn't be uh, with all the points we've left out there. And then you know, like we go, everyone's talking about recruiting, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm there with you, but. You know, right now, if we're 3-0, and, you know, if we had beaten Florida and North Carolina, we're probably looking at probably cracking the top 15 or thereabouts. Well, now we're in a different ball game, you know, winnings where, where it all starts. And yeah, or or even lose split them, the or 15.
1: even split them and, win, and uh, the, split the first two. But here's the thing. You can't play that game, and here's why. We're focusing on that element of it and those handful of plays, there were a hundred and some odd the plays problems, in, in but, those games. They, they didn't, they didn't lose just for that reason. Um, no, you know, the North Carolina game, there were a lot of big plays well, given up. The
12: first quarter off. I mean, that was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but, but it's just like with, with the other things we have going on just yeah, to, to lose games on, on lost points is just brutal killer. But, um, you know, one so one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, and, uh, you know, I know you touched on the, the whole Zach McLeod thing um, with shirt and him. I, you know, it just seems to me like, you know, I, I'm actually a huge fan of Manny Diaz, but roster management, I, I don't know if this is something that he's really – Putting his thumb on here because it's like, man, couldn't do we really need him a player that good to be sitting on the bench ninety percent of the time this year, and then next year we're talking about starting two guys, three guys with zero experience. Uh, yeah, you know maybe Sam Brooks. He, he looks like he could be a stud. That, but, you that, know, that, who knows, that, that's how it is here, good. man.
1: There's no this. There, just... That's how it is. It, this has been going on for years. I mean, we, we don't redshirt enough guys. We, we blow years
12: oh, really?
1: with guys that are doing very little. Um, and then they finally get to the point where they're third and fourth year players and they're just starting to really get good and they're out. They're gone. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I mean, the, you know, the coaches are trying to win now. They're trying to win now and they feel that Zach McLeod is an I don't know why. asset
12: for towards that. I mean, even if we go reel off ten wins in a row and whoop Clemson, we're still not playing for an initial championship. I mean, it's never going to happen. But I you know, I'm just saying, we lost two games. Like, I mean, now you're playing for respect, and you're playing to try to get to nine or ten wins. Uh, you know, get to that ACC championship. Why not red shirt the guy? But I mean, more to the point, actually, like like when I'm looking at two. I feel like in recruiting we get so top-heavy too because, like, we go into crisis mode. It seems like, you know, this year we're, we've got four – it seems like, you know, good linebackers that we're recruiting this year that we've got committed. But why do we have four? We, you know, we're only going to play two. We already have, what, three or four. I mean, granted, they haven't proven themselves at all. But, you know, you're going to have seven linebackers who are freshmen and sophomores next year. What, what's the point of that? How do you – that just seems like massive imbalance to me i,
0: I, yeah, I mean the,
1: we've, we we <laughs> haven't signed a good we haven't signed a good linebacker that's worked out in 5 years you know 4 or 5 years since these guys got no, recruited
12: I mean, no i mean not since the hall uh, with, with the, the three guys they recruited here but yeah. but it just seems like balance it out take two guys a year instead of just cause then it seems to me like it, you get dead roster. <laughs> Where, well, they had know, they the had, had no team.
1: they had no linebackers then either. That's why they had to recruit those guys all at the same time. But I, I, you no, know, this you is know, not this is, change is, change is not a sudden players. problem that's go that's that's going on here. I mean, this has been going on now for fifteen years. Yeah. You
12: know, yeah,
1: bad numbers, bad evaluations, not recruiting enough elite players. You know, it. it <laughs> I think I think we've seen what it doesn't it doesn't work.
12: What are your thoughts with, uh, you know, all the new Miami stuff? Uh, It's – to me, you know, I just don't – I don't hear about these guys grinding like they used to. You know, I I lived in in South Florida. I lived in Miami from 2001 to 2005, so we're still pretty damn respectable then. Man, I mean that that's all you heard about was these guys grinding in the off season. I remember uh, you know, back there Reggie Wayne, Edgar and James, all those guys come down and they practice like all hell in the off season with these guys. And uh you just don't well, you hear about these guys,
1: like, I mean he, 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 here's the thing. Season. All right, so Manny Manny gets the head coaching job and he, he's inheriting a down team and a down program. Let's let's be honest. The players just yeah, got their butts yeah. kicked, their coach walked out and quit um so he's trying to come in rally the troops create an uplifted feeling he's trying to rally the fan base he's trying to rally the recruits so they come up with the new miami thing and i mean wore it out to the max i mean just just went totally insane for eight months on social media and and everything else with this new miami new miami now the risk that they took in doing that because it, it, it is putting the cart before the horse. You're calling yeah. something the new Mi- you're calling something the new Miami before it's done before it's done anything. Okay, so it's there's a lot of inherent risk in this. Um, the risk was that if they didn't win coming out of the gate, it was going to become a punchline. And so you know that's let, kind of what you have you now. It's angle. kind of a punchline, what? and and they, they need you know obviously need to reverse the course to to to, what, to, to, what? to, to ward that off.
12: What I'm looking at though is like like, are these guys getting back to grinding? You know, like like uh, Mark Pope. I, I thought it was great that that he had that that breakout in this last game. Granted, against low end competition, but like, you know, I see KJ Osborne all the time hitting the jugs. This guy came here. He came serious. He wants to he wants to play yeah. in, in the NFL. He's out there practicing. Two hours after everyone leaves the field, is Mark no doubt putting that kind of time in? Is Brian Hightower? That's the that's the new Miami. Well, that's the old Miami. That's the Miami no that one.
1: You're spot on. Is You're 100%. he instilling?
12: Is he instilling that? Because we've got the talent. If these guys put in the effort,
1: I mean, I, I they, think not they're not not trying to talent. You know, I think they're trying to. I, I think David Feely, the new strength coach, has been a huge asset. <sighs> In in that regard. But what you're saying is 100% 100 true. Like when I watched um, practice in the spring and then the fall, to me, there were two guys. Let's just talk about the receiver group. There were two guys that stood out to me like way above and beyond everybody else. That's great for those two guys. And I'm talking about K.J. Osborne and I'm talking about Mike Harley.
3: Mike okay, Harley. that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's
1: great for those two guys. But what you're saying is 100% correct about the entire group. Why are two
12: guys standing out?
1: Two guys shouldn't stand out.
12: No, it's uh, it's crazy. And then like you know, I, I've I've had a bug about uh, Nesta Silvera. because you know he comes in, all he talks about is how he's the next Warren Sapp, the next. Uh, Uh, Cortez Kennedy, and it's like, well, what have you done? What have you proven? And so it's like, that's what I want to see is these guys showing it in the practice. You know, it used to be on Green Tree that these guys won. They played, you know, that 2001 team played a national championship every time they took the field for practice because they were playing just insane talent. And, you know, granted, we don't have that talent, but it starts somewhere, and it starts with work ethic, and I think if they get back to it, that, you know, that's the new Miami. That's, that's how you're going to win. You I, know, I the think the that's what they're, I think they're
1: working towards that, but it's not necessarily an overnight thing, you know? No. no and um, no. all you can do is just, you know, keep pounding away at it. You bring in a guy like Osborne into your program. I mean, I couldn't even imagine the receiver position without that guy. And he came from
11: Buffalo.
12: Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like, you know,
12: shouldn't shouldn't these guys be coming into the program? Say, you know, I think that's the attitude that, that you've got now is these guys come in and they're, they're riding in the, you know, the, the they got that, that shadow cast on uh, from all the, the, pre- the previous players. It ain't theirs though. And, but, but some of them just come in here and think like, Hey, I'm going to Miami. I'm going to be a superstar. I'm going to play in the NFL. Then they don't put in the work and then they just become dead roster space and, uh, or they transfer and uh, you know, just yeah, just killing us. I, I hope I hope Diaz turns it around. I think, I you know, like you said, I think he's he's on track. But yeah, this ain't nothin' overnight. He's sure. done
1: so. He's done. He's done so many good things since he became the head coach.
12: Really, man. They, when it comes time, they better pay him because it seems like he's finally that guy's at least. Uh, they, yeah, they're gonna have the to. They're
1: gonna have to pay him. No doubt. He, he that that guy so. is gonna <laughs> that guy is gonna be a target. Very very quickly yep. here. He's good. But uh, yeah, but Manny, you know Manny's done a lot of really, really, really good things since he got the head coaching job. It's just there's just so much more to do, and it's such a huge job. It's it's just it's it's tough. I think we hope for nine
12: wins and uh, ACC championship. You know, at least you know you look in in 2018. We talk about the recruiting woes. 2018, we had a hell of a class. They're uh, they're going to really pay off dividends in the next year or two, or even this year. We won 10 games that year, and guess what? We have a top 10 you know, recruiting class. That's the name of the game. you got to win 10 games. That's it.
1: All righty, man. Well, hey, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call next time. Yeah, great call. Yeah,
12: hey, it was great. Yep, thank you.
1: You got it. All right, 563-999-3633. Hit, hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let me take a moment here and start attacking some of these questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. Did Manny intentionally never put Tate Martell at quarterback for a series against Bethune-Cookman because he was worried that Tate might be too successful and create a quarterback controversy? Uh, No, I don't think that that had anything to do with it. I mean, Nikozy's the number two quarterback, always has been, never a question, and he hasn't played yet. It was time to give Nikozy some playing time. You're one play away from having the – having him have to deliver. You need to get him into some games. So that was the plan all along. Tate's really not working very much, if at all, at quarterback right now. Um, he's trying to become a receiver and, you know, he's got some athletic ability and some burst. And then, you know, they're trying to work with him as a receiver, uh, whether he'll ever be a great receiver. I have no idea at, at this point, but, uh, but that's where he's focusing most of his attentions right now. and, it really didn't make any sense at all to put him in that game at quarterback. Where will this program be three years from now? Wow. I mean, that's a that's a phenomenal, phenomenal question. I mean, it's either going to be on an upward trajectory where you feel good about what's going on, or it's going to be same plus same plus same, and that'll be about the time that people start saying, hmm, you know, I don't know if Manny's going to be able to do it. So it'll be one or the other. Um, it's going to probably depend – on if recruiting improves, quite frankly, in my opinion. Um, If recruiting stays about the same or or not even as good, then I think that the end results are going to be the same or not as good. So um, here's something you got to remember, and you've probably heard me say this before. The University of Miami football program can't win anything, anything at all, if it can't beat Clemson. Okay, that's reality. That's not BS, okay? That is total reality. So... If you take a look at the way Clemson is doing business these days, I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like unprecedented. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing the way they're recruiting, uh, the way they're coaching. I mean, they've got it all going on there. And Miami can't do a damn thing if it can't get to that level. So this is a tough, tough order for Manny Diaz. Um, it would be a tough order for Urban Meyer. Who's done it on multiple occasions. Uh, so, you know, I can't. I can't really predict how this is going to end. You know, I really can't. But I, I just feel very strongly, and I'm sounding like a broken record now, that it's going to begin and end with, uh, with recruiting. And you know, I would like to see a sense of urgency, sooner rather than later, directed in that area, because I think they need it. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out to the two oh five. You're live on kane Sport Live.
0: I guess JT Gordon how are you doing, man?
1: Your bro your voice is breaking up. Are you talking into the mouthpiece?
0: I am. this is JC Gordon How you doing?
1: All right, listen, um, do me a favor, call back. Call back and I'll and I'll and I'll get you back so you on in a minute out. Oh, that's better, yeah, what was going on?
13: I said this is uh this is Jake in Nashville. how are you doing?
1: okay, we can hear you now go ahead what what's up jake how are you doing All this right. week
13: good, good, good. um you bring up a great point uh talking about uh k j Osborne and the new miami um i think that i think guys like k j Osborne that needs to be the new miami i think take like look at k j Osborne as a high school recruit. I think he's a two-star recruit, but a guy that came in and worked his butt off and is going to be an NFL draft pick next year. Those are the types of guys that maybe not from a talent standpoint, we're never going to beat Clemson of getting two-star, three-star, four-star recruits, but getting guys and, and squeezing all the juice out of the lemon, we can compete with Clemson. And you start there and you, you, are, you build a roster by going into people's homes and saying, "Hey, we compete with Clemson. Come to Miami and help us beat Clemson," and then build, 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 and two years, three years time, maybe you beat Clemson. I mean, you, you yeah, you I, tell mean, me you gonna I mean, it's going to take a lot you of can't building to have the roster we have now and go and beat Clemson. It's not reality. No. It's not going to happen.
1: No, lots got to change. You,
13: but you, take, you, you take, you take, you take. A roster that we have now, and you, and you shore up the the miscues, the little mistakes, the missing kicks, the blowing assignments in the secondary. You take those things, you shore up. We have an offensive line that's improving. We have a quarterback. We have playmakers now. We have an offensive coordinator that can scheme defenses and get the get uh, the ball in our playmakers' hands and score points. You, I mean, it, it, I honestly feel more. Comfortable with the growth and progression from the offense than I do with what I've seen them from the defense so far.
1: Oh, there's no doubt. Again, like, well, did you hear? From, uh, I, I was probably about 45 minutes ago. I don't know if you were listening or not, but I I sort of went through what the scouting report would be for an opponent on the defense if somebody was doing like a real scouting report. Did you Did you hear me talk about that?
13: I did, and you're absolutely right. It's exactly. Okay they the, the opponents so, are doing exactly what they should do. Get the ball yeah. out quick and so let's see if the, the, let's see if DBs can cover guys one on one if Miami wants to play aggressive. I'm not But but hold the, you the know, so the, the point the the point I'm, I'm making is
1: that that the that it seems exactly what you just said is is not a surprise.
13: No. It's not it's it's not at all. I, I why would I why would I why would I hold the ball and let the front seven who historically over the past two or three years you've got good linebackers you've got great pass rush why why would i why would i hold on to the ball when miami struggled in the secondary covering man-to-man right now i mean that's that and that seems to be what teams are going after and that'll be a concern going forward and i i don't think i don't think it's going to nec- it could necessarily be a weakness i i'd love to see you know, the growth continues. I really think that the mindset of the team, the culture shift that Manny Diaz keeps talking about where we just want to get – we want to, we want to play the best version of Miami every single week. I really think if the team buys into that, the team will be better week 12 than they are week two. And if they do, then they'll beat these teams they should beat. I mean, that's the right approach. I mean, you see that in yeah. Alabama, don't you? Nick Saban beats Louisville forty-two to fourteen last year, and he's upset because Alabama didn't play the best game Alabama could play. Well,
1: well I'm, I'm still expecting this team to keep getting better and and, and, and win the bulk of these games. I, I said before the year, I thought it was a nine-win team. I thought nine was the bar, and I thought it was a fair bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vegas said it was saying an eight and a half. Um, I still think it's fair. I mean, I when you look at the schedule and, and what they have to play. I mean, there's going to be some tough outs. There's no doubt about it. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know about I, Virginia I, tech, I think, but Virginia for sure is going to be a tough out um, at Florida state. I, I know they're struggling. They're down right now. That's going to be their super bowl. That's going to be a tough out. I think at Pitt, at Duke, going, at Duke really going, scares
13: me. That's, that's well, I, don't even I, want, really I don't even want to think about at cold.
1: Duke yet. We still got all these other ones oh, before man. we get to Duke, but, but yeah, you got some tough outs, you know, so we'll see.
13: You do and, and I really think if what they're preaching is true, if they're saying this is the new Miami, which you ne- you don't I think it's really too soon to tell. I think the new Miami is gonna be do they improve every week? Do they play their best game every week? Because you historically Miami has played to the level of their competition time and time again. And that's been the problem. Yep. We want to get guys that are – give me a three-star guy that's going to play – that's going to develop and grow over the five-star – or the four-star guys we've been getting that that haven't developed at all. I mean, how many three-, four-star linemen have we come in here – that came in here and not developed, and they've just been absolute busts? I mean, absolute busts on the offensive line.
1: There's no guarantees, man. No guarantees. There's
13: no guarantees, but um, – Needless to say, I'm really I'm not pleased with the record. But I'll tell you this: if I mean, I don't see a lot of differences between the 2017 team and this team. The ball rolled our way in 2017, and we were you know stoked. I tired. totally agree. We but there were so many glares we make a couple kicks and we're 3 and 0 oh, and it's a, it's a whale of a different story Everybody yeah so it, it's,
1: exa- it, it's exactly the same it, it, it's th- the this same. is the this is the exact same thing and here and the difference and and people would jump on me because it was Malik Rozier and the whole thing and but you know the, the difference was they got the breaks they made the plays they won the close games to get to 10 and 0 Okay, since that point it's been the exact opposite they haven't made the, oh, the key no plays. Doubt. They're not winning the close games, and it's gone in the other direction. But
13: the roster no is doubt. very similar.
1: Very similar roster.
13: No doubt. And All right, I man, tell, what else? You got I anything you, else? No, I, I got nothing else. Um, I really – I I, I'm, I, would like everybody to be patient uh, as far as fans. Go support the team. Support the team. That's what they need. Um, get them all going on a little bit of run. Uh, I don't think Virginia Tech's going to be a true test. I, I think that Virginia game is going to tell us everything we need to know about the new Miami. Um, I just hope they get better and better every week. And by the time, uh, you know, the end of the season rolls around, if we're 9-3 and three and 10-2 and two and they're playing good ball, you know, I think the recruiting – I think really think the winning will help the recruiting. And, you, I mean, it's brick by brick, you know, it's – it's yep. little win well, after little win, and then you get the big wins.
1: By that point, it's going to be on to the 2021 class for the most part, and it, that's going to be obviously a, a very key class um, for the Canes. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it would be nice to have a nine-win nine, nine win season to kind of at least go into that important recruiting cycle with your head held high a little bit. You know, having having won uh, 80 of your last nine games and, you know, just feeling pretty good about where your program's gone.
13: Oh, well, there's no doubt. I mean, there's, there's no mistake about it. The, the teams that recruit the best win the most. So you got to win. You got to win, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I appreciate it, uh, Gary. Uh, that's all I got. I all you right, man. Thank, thank
1: you for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. All right. A couple more questions. Obviously the recruiting leniency of allowing commits to flirt with other programs has failed us for far too long. Does Manny's change in that leniency policy, is it logical and will it bear fruit? And for those that don't know what the question is about, uh, Manny Diaz uh, has verbalized in the last week a desire to kind of up the ante with kids that commit. Uh, If a kid's going into his senior year and he's committed to Miami, uh, Manny said they expect that kid to not take visits. Um, Kind of backed down a little bit on it in the last couple of days and said, if that kid takes visits, it means that they're going to go look around too. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that'll work because like, let's say you got a five-star kid committed and he says he's going to go take visits and you say, okay, well, we're going to go look around too. And you take a commitment from another kid. Uh, What happens if that other kid wants to come back now who might be a better player than the kid you took a commitment from? Uh, I'm not quite sure how it's all going to work, but I will say this. The question was, is it logical? And I'm going to say it absolutely is logical, um, even though we don't know if it'll work. Because you can't continue to lead the nation in decommitments, okay? And, and, and way too many kids are, are committing to try to lock in a spot, and they're not really serious about their commitments. And uh, Manny is very much in his rights to want to attack that problem. And I think he has to attack that problem. And you know what? They may lose a kid or two because of it, but I think he, if he's going to do it, he's got to attack it. He's got to stick by his guns, and you know, make a statement that this is the University of Miami football program. It's not going to be run by foolishness in the community. It's not going to be run by by kids that are you know playing us and you know making a mockery of the whole system because you know they have all these coaches kissing their butts and they think they're big time and bigger than the Miami football program and everything else and he's, if he's going to do it like I said he's got to stick to his guns but I think it I think it absolutely is logical and I totally get why they want to just change the whole tone of what's been going on cuz quite frankly it's embarrassing when you're taking all these commitments and then they're decommitting and rejecting you, it becomes public. Okay, and we don't we don't cover these decommitments very much at Cane Sport. Um, we're not a big fan of it, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, my feelings always been if you if if you're committing, commit. You know, and and don't sit there and play games and hat games and everything else and embarrass schools and 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 that kind of thing. So when these kids are decommitted, we really we just kind of posted on the message boards and don't really, we don't write stories very often about kids decommitting, but it's definitely a problem that they need to address. So absolutely is legitimate. So the poster says that he's been waiting on Will Mallory to finally break out. What's holding him back? I'm a big Will Mallory fan. I think he's got really, really, really good skills. It it looks like nerves to me. Maybe he's just getting a little too hyped up. And, and just needs to take a deep breath and relax a little bit. I mean, he has good hands. His hands aren't bad. He has ability. He, he runs good routes. You saw the touchdown he scored at North Carolina. It looked like a million dollars on that play. He can do that on a regular basis. And, um, you, know, m- m- you know, he's still a young kid. He's a second-year player. You know, maybe he's just he's trying a little too hard. That, that would be my best guess on that one. Will Miami end up getting Darnell Washington in this class? For those that don't know who Darnell Washington is, he's the five-star tight end out of the Las Vegas area. A um, little bit of a problem. I mean, a, a lot of credit goes to Steve Field. He's hanging in there like a champ, trying to get Darnell to come to Miami. Uh, but you've got to win to get a kid like that, more than likely. That's a kid that can go anywhere he wants in the country. He's got Clemson after him. He's got Georgia after him. Georgia is doing a really good job recruiting them, and you know who's recruiting them for Georgia, the same guy that recruited Will Mallory and Brevin Jordan, and that's uh, Mr. Todd Hartley. Uh, So it's going to be tough to get him. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and predict that he's going to end up in this class, um, but Steve Field is doing a great job hanging in there trying to get him in this class. Will it take a lot more than winning for Miami to reach the top tier in recruiting? Uh well, I'll tell you this winning would be a really 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 good start obviously i don't I don't think i got to tell you guys that um, I'm sure if you ask the coaches that they would say that they think that if they can win that the floodgates are going to open in recruiting um so yeah winning is a is a huge part of it, but until that happens, uh we really don't know and 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 won't know. Uh, next question was about Bubba Baxa. I think we've uh, pretty much exhausted that topic tonight, so I'm going I'm to skip that one. Which position coach is standing out and which need to step it up? Well, you know, I, it's a three-game sample size. I know two of them didn't go well. I, I don't think we have a, a big enough body of work to do hard evaluations on these position coaches. I really don't. I mean, to answer the question generically, uh, Dan Enos, for sure, as a coordinator, quarterbacks coach, is unquestionably standing out. I think you got to give a lot of credit to Butch Barry. You know, um, I know the O-Line had a, had a tough night against Florida, but, you know, remember what this guy's doing. Okay, he inherited a position group where you're supposed to have 12 to 15 decent players, and he's got – he inherited one with a handful. And he's playing two true freshmen. I mean, that's that's asking a lot. And he's got to coach those guys every single day and get them ready to play on Saturday. So I think you've got to give Butch Berry a lot of credit if you're talking about position coaches standing out. I think Coach Stubbs at the wide receiver spot seems to be doing a decent job, especially now with more and more of those guys getting involved. Steve Field, the tight end, you've got to give him some props. I mean, he's got true freshman, Larry Hodges, making a big contribution. So you got to give Steve Field a shout out there. Defensively, I think things have been, just been okay. You know, nothing really standing out at the moment. So um, I, I think I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. I, don't, I just don't think we have a big enough body of work to really evaluate too much on, uh, on coaches. All right, back to your calls. Let's go to the 352. You're on Kane Sport Live. Three five two, are you with us? Going once, going twice? All right, next time. Let's go to the uh three oh five. You're on Cade Sport Live.
4: What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this?
14: Three uh cno three oh five.
1: Hey, what's up, Ceno? What do you got for
14: us? Okay, so here's here's my only thing. Um about recruiting. You have you've had now three coaches. Uh, four four coaches, right? You have Randy, you had Golden, Rick, and now Manny Diaz. And they've all struggled with the same issues in recruiting, not being able to land the top players. So my question is this for you. Could it be something more than not having enough good recruiters on staff? Could it be that maybe we've had some good recruiters? Look at James Coley doing great in Georgia. He didn't do anything really in Miami. Hartley doing great at Georgia he was you know okay in miami except for the, the two tight ends so could it be that there's there's another thing going on where even good recruiters are not landing the top guys when they come to miami
1: um depends who you consider great recruiters that have been in miami i mean james coley is a great recruiter al golden didn't use him like that you know, he had him basically recruiting quarterbacks and a, a guy here, a guy there. I mean, he went out to California, got Brad Kaya. I mean, that was a good get, but I don't think that James Coley was used anywhere near to the degree that he should have been by Al Golden. And that was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, other Who have other great recruiters been? I mean, I think Todd Hartley was a pretty good recruiter. He He got guys. Mm-hmm. But he was just recruiting tight ends. That might be part of the problem, quite right. frankly. You know, like if you have a good, rec- a good recruiter on the staff, maybe he can recruit more than just this position group. Right. But I mean, the current staff. I mean, you don't have a lot of established recruiters on the
14: staff. So, it, so then you suggest, for for in order for him to to be able to take the next step in recruiting, do you suggest that he has to fire? some of the guys on staff now in terms of the coaches and get new coaches.
1: He may have to do that with one or two. You know, he might. Um, I'm not going to sit here and try
14: to land the top 10, top five class.
1: I mean, I'm not going to sit here and and try to guess who that might be at this point, but um, I don't think that he has a lot of elite recruiters, guys that have done it before, um, guys that have a, have a resume for being great recruiters in college football. I don't
14: think he has a lot of that on his staff right now. Yeah. I just feel like, and I agree with you there, but I just feel like there's something else that we're missing at Miami, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if other other schools are, if it's a money thing, where they're getting these kids, you know, the high, high top recruits because they're taking care of them. Maybe it's not even. Well, look, that,
1: that's obvious. Okay. We, we know that that's happening. In a lot of cases. No, but, but what I'm saying see,
14: is maybe maybe it's not maybe it's not just giving them cash. Maybe it's when you get into the program, then you have you get taken care of a little bit more. Maybe there's you know there's some of that going on where they can you know they're they're being taken care of. They get a nicer apartment. They get you know what I mean. They have more they're more access once yeah, they're in the program yeah. than they would have at Miami.
1: I'm sure everything goes
14: real quick. But I'll tell you one thing real quick that I that I was told. And I'm obviously not going to say who told me this, but it's 100% legit, okay, that the guys from Clemson, the, the uh, Wilkins and the other guy, the two defensive tackles, when they, when they opted to stay for their senior year, at the same time, we had uh, McIntosh and Norton, okay? And I was told that if Macintosh and Norton were taken care of in the same way that Wilkins and the other guy was to stay, that they would have stayed, so I was told they were given some money, Wilkins yeah, and, and the other guy. I'm sure. You know, probably nothing big, but just taken care of so that they can, so they can hang in there another year. And that McIntosh and Norton wanted to do the same, but they just didn't have the option. They didn't have the ability, kind of they needed the money very badly. So they didn't have, you know, they didn't have people looking out. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably some of the stuff that's going on, you know, where they're not taken care of in the same way that a Notre Dame or a Clemson or a Georgia, you know what I mean? They don't have that pipeline, uh-huh. sort of, where they're taken care of. So that might be the problem with recruiting too. You know, kids know that they're not going to get the same treatment in Miami as they are in some of these big schools, and they'd rather go there.
1: Well, I'm sure that's part of it, but you know, my question, my question is, so what? You know,
14: like, what do you just like
1: wave the white flag and like? like what do you, you know how do you deal with that like
0: does no the University of Miami
1: football program just settle into irrelevance forever and and because because another school is is cheating i mean I don't look at it that way you know i I think you you know the the challenge is you gotta find ways to overcome it. It starts with people it starts with with relationships. you know what I would love to see. I would love to see a, a relationships with some of these kids in South Florida be so good that when they are offered something they end up blowing the damn whistle. <laughs> like,
9: yeah. you know,
1: well, what would be wrong with that?
14: Yeah. What would be wrong yeah. with that?
1: That's a couple of these people get caught. The and get get caught doing what doing what they're doing.
14: It seems like it's difficult for them to develop these relationships. In general, like with, well, maybe with see, I, cases, me because-
1: me personally, I, I think that's where it's falling short a little bit. The relationships aren't good enough. The bond the bond isn't good enough. Because if if the bond is if the bond is good enough, why wouldn't that that kid and his family? Let's say somebody's being offered twenty thousand dollars. throughout out a number to go to school A E instead of Miami. I mean, if your bond is unbreakable and you understand that in the big picture that, you know, quarter million dollar education that you're getting ready to get and what it might lead to down the road if you don't make it in pro football and things like that. And if all that is communicated eloquently, eloquently and clearly and there's a relationship that's been forged over two, three, four years with that family, you know, why wouldn't one of them become a whistleblower? And 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 mm-hmm. I mean, that you got to get these guys out of here, okay, out of here. And so what and you're it's about like probably it
14: probably takes years and years to develop. It, no, this I, don't is to I don't think it has to take years.
1: I don't think it has to take years to
14: develop bonds like that with these kids. I mean, you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But I'm just saying, I, I, you got to get these guys. Out of South Florida, that are coming in and 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 you know t- taking all these players out of here.
14: Well, another thing is that the, uh, the the sort of the network around the football that's going on for these high school kids, you know, like the the society Miami, the the community supporting Miami. You know, if they can get the community behind them.
0: Okay, which is what
14: happens in all, all these big schools. They have such a strong community around it that kids already naturally are drawn to be, feel loyal to their. their schools. We don't have any of them in Miami. You know. Nope.
1: Nope. That's that's, a, the, that's, that's something that's place. lacking, no doubt. And it can't be the but guy that's writing a ten thousand dollar check to the, the athletic department. Like that can't be the community that's engaging, and you know. Yeah,
14: but, but got to you know, get the guy but. That, that, the, the but it,
1: but is, it, but it can the be the street. business owner in Homestead that you know helps the mom survive for a few years you know by it's maybe uh, help, helping her get a little better salary or something for a few years while her son plays at Miami and that's you know, what
14: goes on in these other schools if, if, if listen, that person is not a
1: booster to... of the university then then that kind of stuff can, can can can
14: can pass the smell test Gary check this out I was told from some players okay in the school that going to Alabama, they will – a lot of, of – some of these kids that get taken from Miami will have – their parents will have jobs. Okay, They have a full network to support them and help the parents and help the families, give the kids a nice apartment. You know what I mean? Make sure everybody's taken care of while they're going to school there, not just the kids in school. There's more to it. And we're not just talking about a bag of money like everyone is talking about on the computer. Um, it, it's more about, like I said, the network of support. Like you just said, the business owner who's get helping out the mom, that kind of stuff doesn't go on in Miami, and that's why these kids they don't feel that um, support.
1: So, you know, we're not going to solve this problem here, but it's multi-layered, and there's so much that goes into it, and obviously, it all needs to be looked at and analyzed and tackled and figured out. But I know this, it's okay, sure. the University of Miami can't just wave a white flag and say we're going to be irrelevant in college football for the next 15 years like we've been for the last 15. Okay, because if they're going to do that, then – I mean, I know people that are spending over $100,000 a year on tickets. Really? I mean, hundred, hundred, yeah, spending over $100,000 a year on tickets to go to football wow. games. I mean, you know, and then there's, you know, and it doesn't mean that it's hitting them any harder than it's hitting the guy that's spending $1,000 on tickets. But the point is, there's, there's right. way too much money and, and time and effort and passion that goes into this thing. And, I mean, we know how passionate the Hurricane fan is. I mean, shoot, shoot, just listen to this show on Tuesday nights. I mean, if you want to feel the passion of the Canes fan. So, I don't know, man. No, I mean, I just. And, and, yeah.
14: And there's a lot of money that's, that's tied into the University of Miami. So, really, what it's coming down to, it's a lot more complex than just, hey, let's just devise a, a, a good recruiting strategy and, you know, and make little changes. No, it's not. Like you're saying, what they need to do is they need to completely change their entire uh, uh, strategy by By bringing in the right people and restructuring their whole approach in recruiting in general
1: right i would I would endorse what you just said right
14: and they need to so we'll see to find all these creative ways of doing it, you know they need to bring in maybe bring in a top top level you know recruiting guy that can really figure out, okay, this is what we need to attack all these different avenues, and we need to hire X, y, and Z to get it done
1: right. I like I said I 100% endorse what you're saying. You know I don't know what's going to happen or if it's going to happen or if there's the you know I just know that you can't just wave the white flag and say we're going to continue to be irrelevant in the game. Right. Oh uh, yeah. And you, know, you can't and, continue
14: and, to say and you can't continue to say okay well you know we're going to uh, keep doing the same thing either right by but just a different person doing it. You know what I mean? Yep. All right. Well, so, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Good stuff.
1: All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show as always. All right, guys, that's going to be it for tonight. Um, I want to thank Brian McKinney for, for joining us. I thought that segment was absolutely great. I want to thank Sicilian Oven once again for sponsoring Kane Sport Live. We got a home game this week. So guys, I want to see a lot of Sicilian Oven wings and pizzas and stuff out at those tailgates At hard rock stadium on saturday again the closest locations to hard rock plantation okay which is at the fountains complex off university drive and aventura which is at biscayne and 205th you can go to either one of those two you could be at the stadium in 10 to 15 minutes after that and enjoy some great food at your tailgate or you could be like mikester And, I mean, the game will be over at 7.30. I mean, go go to Sicilian Oven for dinner after the game. They've got TVs. You can watch the games. Um, Be a great, great way to try out some of that just absolutely phenomenal Italian food that I've been talking to you guys about show after show, week after week for a couple years now. And, um, you know, Ralph Salvo and his whole crew, they just do an amazing, amazing job. So uh, get on out to one of those six Sicilian Oven locations. SicilianOven.com. You can check them out. Um, You'll not only love the taste, you really truly will taste the love. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday night to talk a little bit about how the Central Michigan game went and continue our dialogue on all these great topics that came to the forefront tonight. So uh, with that, I want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you at the stadium on Saturday. We'll see you back here uh, next Tuesday night.